That's why they're going with the whole the story outside of Gran Turismo of a kid playing a game and ending up becoming a real race car driver. Is that going to be like their selling point, though? Like, yeah, that it's that it's based style, on a true. Like... Well, it's not a documentary. It's or like you know, though, like it, it's a it's a based on a true story movie. So they're over embellishing yeah. half of it. Yeah, <laughs> they, were already, they were already doing big them. enough for this, like on a racing level, I guess. Because League of well, Legends he... is huge. And he then, wasn't just racing. He wasn't just racing in esports. He's racing in real life. Oh, he like oh. That's what he actually became a pro race car driver. Oh, okay, oh, I, was like, yeah. I thought you were talking about on the esports. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, we're talking like he actually made it into actual in real life driving by playing Gran Turismo. Yeah. Fast. Okay, that's fascinating. Yeah, because they've As had one who had followed auto racing very closely at one point in my life. That is fascinating. So that's why I'm like, it's an interesting sounding movie. Welcome to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of GamingTrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton and I am joined by David Burdett. Hello there. And Noah Rigsby. Hi there. In this podcast, we talk about the biggest games of the week, games in our backlog we should have played a long time ago, and what you need to play. But since this year just began, Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to talk about. So uh, we're going to talk about our most anticipated games of 2023. We're going to celebrate what we got for Christmas. And we are also going to discuss what Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo should do this year so uh let's let's start with uh the things that we got for christmas i don't know uh usually if i got some spare cash i'm spending it on some gaming stuff i don't know if you guys are the same way but uh david i feel like you got actually you got one of your christmas gifts early if i remember correctly <laughs> so i don't know that, that it laugh. technically counts as getting my christmas gift early it's more that i kept reminding my wife i want a steel series apex pro keyboard for christmas ah, and it, it got it, it i reminded her for like two months sent links to it and everything it gets to black friday and everything it finally gets to the cyber monday and stuff and i'm i noticed the price is starting you know to go up and everything and being the good husband i am i don't want her to spend a bunch on a full priced one when you can get it cheaper because um, we have other people to buy stuff for. And I tell her, hey, just so you know, it's still on sale. And she looked at me and said, what's still on sale? <laughs> and I proceeded to get very upset because I'm like, I had gifts in a cart for the last year <laughs> of things <laughs> And I have been adding things and all this, and you've been telling me things. And the second we got our paycheck that was supposed to go towards Christmas, I bought all of it. <laughs> and you <laughs> forgot the thing I've talked about for the last two months. So I went on Black Friday and bought myself uh, the Steel Series Apex Pro. So I bought myself a Christmas gift. <laughs> and I wow. bought the... Uh, the put it the the prism caps so it's got it made everything extra rgb uh because they're the uh the bottoms of the caps are more see-through for mm. all the rgb lighting uh and they're putting caps so they're really nice and comfy 
So the, it's fantastic keyboard. What? Okay. I was just gonna say, I was gonna ask if it was a good keyboard, but then you said it's a yes, keyboard. Yes, yes, it's it's a fantastic keyboard. I forget I'm typing on it sometimes. It's so the the so good the the. Can you uh, I'm trying to think of the 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 name for it. I guess the I don't want to say the keys themselves, but the the switches. The switches are just so comfortable; mm, yeah. you barely feel them. Very very much a glide uh, okay. along. Nice. Well, okay. Since you threw your wife under the bus, what did you get your wife? <laughs> you just we got to throw that <laughs> in there. I I got my wife uh, quite a few things: an iced coffee maker. Uh, essentially, it's a regular coffee maker, but that has the correct um, measurements so that you get the best iced coffee when you're measuring out your ice and the water and everything like that. Um, and then she's a huge fan of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars. So I got her uh, from Etsy a custom hairband uh, that looks like uh, the Leku that Ahsoka wears, uh, a custom Ahsoka shirt, and custom Ahsoka like Vans sneakers. Oh, so and that alongside, you know, all kinds of other stuff she asked me for, like shoes and hats and stuff like that. Um, now, I I don't want to throw her completely under the bus because she did get me some really, really cool stuff. She got me some really awesome Star Wars uh, decor for this downstairs area so that I can stop using this green screen once we clean it up and put everything <laughs> up. Um, but she did get me and something I did haven't ever bought myself an Oculus Quest case so I can actually mm. store my headset and controllers in a nice safe place. <laughs> yeah. And uh beyond that she also got me an Atlanta Phase jacket, bomber jacket and jersey. Uh it's it's the OG uh when the CDL first launched jersey but it's a white jersey, and I've had a black jersey for a long time. So They're already really selling cool, OG versions. Well, it's it's the the they've had a new version of the jersey each year uh, sure. of the CDL. So th they're not been like super different, but uh, that one is the one that's on Amazon is the one from the Modern Warfare 2019 season. Oh, okay, as long as they're not calling it throwback. It's fine. No, no, no. They're okay. not doing any of that kind of stuff. It's just it's just cheaper because they still have plenty of them. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. So you, you got but, kind of the hand me down edition I, of I'll be honest. <laughs> I have the I have the uh specific player jersey of the black one of that one. And the I guess that's the away jersey. And the white home one is just a plain jersey. But they're so nice. Like, not all esports jerseys that you buy are actually nice. Like, I had the oh. one of the Atlanta Rain Overwatch League ones, and it just kind of felt cheap. Uh, mm. I, I liked it, but it felt cheap. The, this felt like a real jersey. Um, okay. The the phase jersey. So, and the bomber jacket is just awesome. So, uh, definitely enjoying uh, having that light jacket for the summertime. Nice. All right. So some gaming peripherals and some esports <laughs> apparel. Very nice. Oh yeah. Noah, <laughs> what did you get? I got absolutely <laughs> nothing. So if anyone wants to send me stuff, um just DM me on Twitter. And uh yeah, I was I was trying to just get free stuff. Um, but now I <laughs> my stuff, I I mostly I got with the currency that I got, uh, you know, I got some PSN currency. I picked up um Bastion and transistor on mm. the uh, holiday sale nice. for like 
I think like five bucks total. I was like, you know, it'll be a good time to replay those before Hades 2 comes out. Um, but mostly uh, I just needed kind of like a, I feel like this was like the quality of life update year for Noah. Because um, I re- reset, got a fresh uh, Steel Series headset. Um, I got fresh chargers for like my Xbox controllers and PlayStation controllers and stuff. So, you know, just quality of life improvements. Um, but more so, aside from that, I, you know, being the anime fan that I am, I got, went out and I treated myself to uh, some manga and a figure. So <laughs> nice. that's where my, that's where my Christmas money mostly went. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a good, uh, it was fresh. It was like, you know, you're like sitting around the house and you're like, I, I could, you know, I could upgrade a couple of things and I luckily did and got to. So that was, that was a big thing for me was just getting fresh hardware and accessories. Nice. And I took him to that IMAX uh, showing of the game awards for Christmas too. <laughs> oh, you yeah, paid for was... it. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice. Yep. And he drove, which was even better. <laughs> oh man. You sacrificed yeah. money and gas. I was, yeah. He was a real one. We kind of, I'll be honest, we kind of forgot the the whole trip because we just chatted about video game stuff the whole time. So it felt like a work trip. It it, it, (laughs) kind of, (laughs) but it also it also felt like it went really fast just because we were having so much fun talking games. I mean, it it kind of halfway was a work trip for you guys because you're preparing for the podcast too at the same time. Appreciate your efforts. What about you, Anthony? What did you get? Yeah. Uh, I got a quality quality of life update as well. Uh, I decided to ditch my old Switch because the Joy-Con was having drift. And uh, so I got myself a Switch OLED. So I I just used the drift as an excuse to get one. It was only one controller. I could have got new Joy-Cons, but I was like, I got the money. (laughs) <laughs> She's gonna get a whole new switch. How about that? <laughs> so glad I did though, because uh, I actually like using it in handheld mode now. I will gladly set it up on a table because it's got a much better kickstand, uh, one that actually Not hard. works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it works wonderful. Uh, the screen is nicer, uh, I can see things better. I mean, the color difference isn't crazy. But just because you can see it better, everything feels a little bit better. I do think the performance is slightly better, though. And it's not because the hardware is better. I think I think it's just not overheating as much, so I'm not getting as much frame yeah. drops when I play. Part, play parts uh, are optimized. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pokemon Violet uh, still has all of its performance issues, but it, it feels just a little bit better playing on the OLED. And I, I don't think that's my mind playing tricks on me because I got a new machine. I, I do think <laughs> it actually works just a smidge, smidge better. So that was nice. I also got, uh, I, I finally was able to capitalize on the thing that I was not able to capitalize on the last podcast of the year. If you watched <laughs> or listened to the last podcast of the year, which you should go do that because we talk about our game of the years and all that stuff. Uh, from 2022, David and Noah in the middle of the podcast were telling me about a deal that was happening on Best Buy. David sent me a link. So I, in the middle of the podcast, was going to capitalize on getting this Best Buy deal of getting 
Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope for $31 plus the digital copy of Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. It was in the cart, ready to go. Decided to finish the <laughs> podcast and focus to go get my credit card and all that. I literally went not up, left the podcast to go get my credit card, fill out the information, decided to stay and do my duty. And by the end of the podcast, the deal was over. And I was like, are you kidding me? You gotta be joking me. So I couldn't get it. David's heart on New Day sent me a link saying the deal is back. So I said, all right, I'm going to get it. So I got it. And I was going to ask that question. I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. The code didn't show up for the digital version until five days later. I guess Best Buy said it should have showed up like 30 minutes later, but for whatever oh, wow. reason, it didn't. So I was getting a little concerned that I wasn't going to get my digital version when I went to go pick up Sparks of Hope a couple of days because I was out of town. So where the store I got it from was holding it for a little bit. When I got... When I went to go get it, they were like, uh, I don't know, call corporate if it doesn't show up you know, in the next day or two. So thankfully, it did show up in the next day or two. So I've been playing a little bit of Kingdom Battle, but I've been mostly spending my time playing Pokemon Violet. But uh, yeah, I, I like I like uh, Kingdom Battle so far. I think it needs some quality of life features that Fire Emblem has, like seeing potential movement of enemies. But I don't know if Sparks of Hope has that, so... I am I'm looking forward to playing Kingdom Battle and then playing Sparks of Hope and seeing the difference. I like doing that. I'm that, that kind of guy. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh yeah, uh it was a it was a good good overall curse. I got a new webcam too that I'm using right now. That nice. was its whole story. So but it's clean. uh yeah, it, it does look a little cleaner. Um so uh which was nice because my wife has had trouble with my old gaming laptop webcam so i just gave her my c922 and she was like oh this is so much better i was like this is what happens when you get good hand-me-downs from the tech guy in the house <laughs> so uh so yeah merry christmas to everybody happy new year that's what we got for our holiday season hope you guys got some great gifts let us know in the comments what you got uh like to celebrate with y'all it's fun to get stuff it's not what it's about but it is fun to get stuff. Let's let's not. Oh, be, yes. <laughs> let's not be fake about that. All right. Let's. Uh, a lot of games are coming out in 2023. A whole lot of games are going to be coming out. Oh, yes. Uh, Happy New Microsoft- Year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it looks like February will probably be packed again. Uh, l- literally the whole year, I think, is going to be having something, whether it's. The February games uh, for Spoken's coming out this month pretty soon, for example. Dead Space is coming out this month. Uh, I know in the summertime, I think Redfall, did, or did it get delayed again? I don't know. They haven't the officially dated it yet. Uh, actually, Microsoft has yet to date really anything. But Starfield is coming out around that time. We got uh, Tears of the Kingdom coming out uh, in that middle of the year area. And of course, the holiday season will have stuff another <laughs> call of duty probably or at least a that's a fun the, the second half of the year we have no idea all the things no that could be announced yeah. like that's what's yeah. insane <laughs> yeah. and there's already this much now <laughs> exactly so we, we're we're gonna have a really packed 2023 i think uh i think the next two years are gonna be really packed so yep. let's talk about the top five most anticipated games of 2023 for each of us so 
Noah, why don't you kick us off with your first one? It doesn't have to be in any particular order. Any, but okay. which one of your five are you looking forward to? It's it's kind of a given, but One Piece Odyssey, which is <laughs> really here here in a, in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about yeah. that. Yeah, let's talk about it. So <laughs> the main reason I'm excited for is one it's just one piece anything i get excited for um i've been into the series for a few years now and it's it's one of my favorites i i think if it you know continues its current trend it it could go down as one of the best if not the best which i probably just made twitter really mad by saying that um but yeah and the great thing about this one and one of the reasons i'm so excited is we're going through some of the fan favorite arcs of the series, but they're being reimagined or, you know, twisted in a unique way is retelling um, just because of the way the games can be set up. Uh, Alabasta is one of my favorites. And then that was like the very first trailer was, Hey, we're going back to Alabasta and there's things going to be changed. Things are going to be different. So it's, it's nostalgia bait for me definitely <laughs> they they sold me on that instantly so and I, th- I think that's what a lot of people are really betting on um because it's been so long since these arcs have aired and you know came out in the manga so i i think it's definitely one that we are really excited for um but the and then you know going towards the combat system you know it's gonna be turn-based this time um fairy tale game that came out a couple years ago they did a turn-based game and it was really well um did really really well even financially but yeah played good Uh, and so i'm hoping that translates over you know hopefully we'll see it's got some good quest lines in there too but uh it's just it's one piece i i you could you know do one piece themed for most mobile games and i'll still get excited for it (laughs) um so it's but I think just as a general, the game looks really solid. Um, it's got a lot of uh, other content creators and stuff are hyping for it. So it's it's got some momentum. So we'll, we'll hopefully it'll, it'll be executed really well. But yeah, it's starting off the year, getting my weeb on. So I'm pretty happy. <laughs> weeb away. One of, uh, this would be a unintentional but intentional tease. My first episode of the watch list is coming, which details games uh, coming out the next week that you should look forward to. And on the thumbnail, One Piece is the is the image that I put on there. So it's going to be a part of the watch list. Oh, thank and you. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I hate yeah. One Piece. So the it's that's, okay. that's the We're interesting all wrong thing about something. Yes, of course, that's fine. But I think I'm right about this one. And I'm not saying the whole thing because I want you guys to watch the watch list. But I will say this looks like it could be the best One Piece game ever. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I again, I'm not a fan of One Piece. But I w- look at One Piece Odyssey and I go, I want to play, play One Piece. Like, I think this might be yeah. the game that gets me into One Piece. And uh, I mean, hopefully it uh, it brings in, you know, a new audience who are like, Oh, I haven't watched one piece. Cause it's, you know, it takes three years to, you know, catch up. Hey, maybe if I can play a game that'll take me 20 to 30 hours to beat, I can just catch up that way, you know, yeah. <laughs> and kind of get the gist of it. So yeah, hopefully it's, it, you know, it hits that like anime and a lot of like franchise games that you have to find that, that good line between like satisfying the hardcore fans and then also 
trying to welcome in a new generation or a new player base. So hopefully it, it gets that happy medium. I agree. Okay. I'll say one of mine. Mine is uh, Forza Motorsport. Uh, the, the whatever the newest one is going to be called. But I... I'm really looking forward to that. It's been a while since Forza Motorsport came out. I'm I'm looking really to see the power of the Series X. And usually racing games do that extremely well because of all the different things that, you know, the car detail, weather effects, roads, um, the detail of the inside of the car. Those things really let these consoles shine. So I, I am looking forward to really seeing what the Series X can do and i am also interested to see how turn 10 will evolve forza uh it's we got new business models we got new player bases they're having to deal with game pass and and what i think they're probably designing around that too because there's going to be a lot of people who get to play it because they're subscribed they've never played forza they're going to be interested what kind of things are they going to add that will draw players keep them over a long period of time david what yeah what Hey. It's going to be a battle royale. A <laughs> hundred cars drop in. <laughs> Parachuting in off of giant airplanes. One big What is road. this, the A-team? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what's sad is that a battle royale version of, uh, uh, of racing, I guess, is kind of already in Forza Horizon. So yep. I guess if they make a realistic version of it, where if you're in last place, you just get deleted from the game and you just got to re for another one. Yeah, I guess that could work. But uh, uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know if that would work. But now you got me all thrown off thinking about a battle royale of Forza. Oh, man. But uh, well, yeah, I just think I mean, that now, you said what? I was just saying, I was going to say now that's the perfect opportunity to get, you know, a Forza car in Fortnite. Not go. to drive, but yeah. to be. Like, just... everybody over. Like, you're, the, you're the only one. The limited time event. <laughs> be, a, be a Forza car. Literally. Yeah, that, that's you're 20 faster bucks. than everybody. You're <laughs> just stronger than through. everybody. You just lack a little bit of mobility. That's it. That's, that's yeah. the only drawback you have. It takes a little bit longer for you to turn around and do stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that now that Turn 10 has to deal with the fact that their game will be on Game Pass and a lot of people will have access to it. I think they have a different design challenge in making people stick around uh, for something that is supposed to be more realistic. Um, so I think I think there might be a lot of people who have been on the fence about re, uh, you know racing sims who will play it and go, uh, you know, this is for me, this is not for me, or you know, are they going to add some features that might be maybe more horizon-y uh, to, to give people a little bit of a mix? I don't I don't know. That, that'd be interesting. Obviously, Turn 10 knows how successful Horizon has been. So um, I imagine some people who play Horizon will be interested in trying it. So are they going to have stuff that will cater to them, even though it's a racing sim? So I think that will be interesting so i'm see I, I am interested to seeing how that works i think i think the game you know turn 10 is sticklers for having that realism uh 
you know, even the, the hyper-realistic people would say that it's not 100% realistic. And yes, it's still a video game in, in that sense. They're not going to make everything totally hyper-realistic, but it's pretty dang hyper-realistic. So uh, I, I think I think they'll do good with that. So Forza is one of mine. David, what is one of yours? So the first one coming up this year that automatically makes it on any list that I'm doing that has anything to do with most anticipated is atomic heart. Mm. Uh, I've been following atomic heart for a very, very long time since the very first trailers dropped. And I'm uh, most people know I'm a humongous fan of Bioshock. Like I, it is one of my favorite games when I am, trying to decide whether something is a 10 out of 10, 100 out of 100, however you want to look at it. Uh, my pillar of excellence, so to speak, is the original Bioshock. Like, that's does it measure up to that game? And this, <laughs> obviously, that's really big shoes to fill for Atomic Art, considering that I think it's very similar to it. But I l- absolutely love the weird kind of it reminds me of almost a remedy kind of setting and just this kind of psychological kind of horror not really horror but thriller suspenseful uh thing that they've built here with going into this location and finding these weird creatures and robots and all this kind of stuff that you're having to take out and but then you combine it with the the first person shooter melee, but then also the powers coming out of the left hand uh, that, that they're building into this. So I'm, I'm just, I'm very excited to get my hands on this one, to play this one. And just, I just love the setting, (laughs) the, the whole, I said, Bioshock is automatic that I think of, but I also think of the Metro games with kind of the, 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 I don't want to say post-apocalyptic because I don't think this fits in that, but definitely the whole beat down s- abandoned science lab kind of feel. Yeah. <laughs> the with the especially the with it being set kind of in the, I believe it's the 1950s is where this game is set. So anytime you throw something into that whole setting, it's just it's just fun and interesting to me. All right. Noah, what is your number two? It's, it's going to be one that's probably on David's list as well, so I'm glad I get to talk about it first. Uh, <laughs> um, Jedi Call Survivor. Oh, okay. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not there yet. Uh, I think we need to get an announcement for that before I get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because no one knows what it is. Uh, it'll know. be on there once like, it gets announced for me, but we got to get to the announcement. <laughs> yeah. um, but Jedi Survivor, I one of the biggest reasons i couldn't i could never get into the dark souls franchise was i'm horrible at video games so i just didn't have the ability to like fully get into the games and stuff like that but with jedi fallen order when it came out it had that boss fight style combat you know and then the melee um, dodging base but it had a difficulty option and that's what drew me in. I was like, not only is it just a good start, but I can play it and not get mad. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's it's just such a well-designed game. Um, 
Cal is one of those characters that um, when he first got announced, we were all like, who's this, like, you know, the guy from Gotham? You know, how is he going to be, you know, translated into the, the universe? And I think he's done phenomenal, uh, almost beloved. Like, Dave and I always talk, you know, we want to see him make it into the live action. You know, it seems like every character from Clone Wars or, you know, any other of the universe is getting a live action treatment. He really deserves to make it. So I really want to see where his story goes. Um, on top of they, the Game Awards footage we saw, it's they we didn't get a lot of like new gameplay. Like, how are they going to evolve what was previously there? Yeah. Um, besides, you know, that there's a blaster maybe we're going to get to use. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but I, I'm assuming, I'm hoping that it's just, you know, they're going to change and evolve and give us new ways to fight and to use the force and to engage um, with not only enemies, but the world itself, the trans, the traversal aspect of Fallen Order. I really enjoyed, um, especially the hidden areas of the map that you could go back to once you got certain abilities. I'm, I'm glad that's returning. Um, yeah, it's, it's just going to be more of the first hopefully <laughs> i it's it's so hard uh it's hard but also you know pretty pretty easy to come up with uh you know reasons to get excited for sequels because you're like i want more of the first one just give me that but more you know i'm pretty easy to please just just take that and expand um so i'm hoping that you know eventually you know comes to fruition because we it's not too far away so i'm i'm excited Nice. All right. Uh, I am looking forward to The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I imagine that might be on your list. Uh, so far, we're, we're on a good roll where uh, all our games are different. So let's see what happens. But I am looking forward to that mostly because I want to see where it goes differently from Breath of the Wild. Will it stick to the things I didn't like? Like weapon breaking, for example. Really didn't like that. And I hope that's gone. I'll enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, like you have one job, Nintendo. (laughs) One job. (laughs) But so many people like it, and all for not really great reasons. So I just I they might keep it, but I hope they don't, or at least adjust it in some way. So I'm curious to see if they're gonna do with the weapon breaking stuff. I also don't like the fact that there's hardly any guidance. I'm sorry, I use Google Maps to get to places where I need to go if I've never been there or I just haven't been there in a long time. And so when I have The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and there's no waypoints, hey, you know, I I don't enjoy the getting lost part. I want to move on. I want to move on. And if I can't, then I just, I get bored. Let me get distracted on my own terms, okay? Give me waypoints. So I hope they have that. And I liked the mini dungeons. I thought there were too many. So if they could reduce the amount of mini dungeons and give us more regular dungeons, you have my attention. So uh, I really liked the regular dungeons that they had uh, in Breath of the Wild. Those were good. The mini dungeons were, were good too in terms of the puzzles. There's so many. I'm surprised that they were as um puzzling i felt like i sat there doing this all the time (laughs) 
Yeah, there was a lot of that. Why do you have your switch? The you giant. <laughs> Maybe if I'm over here. <laughs> yeah. There was, yeah, there was definitely some of that, but like I, I, I did feel like there were some clever and... puzzles throughout the whole time. You're so. flipping your switch like the people with yeah. the signs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm like, <laughs> it, like the baton throwers, yeah, the marching yeah, bands. Was, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Like shaking it like a magic yeah. eight ball, like please. It's an etch a sketch. <laughs> if I shake hard enough, it'll be it'll erase it. <laughs> Two hours of this, like please. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I guess you guys bring up a good point. Maybe a little less of the gyro stuff too. But uh, just how about just a little less of the mini dungeons overall? Yeah, uh, and and some more traditional dungeons. I think Breath of the Wild could still, or this form of the Legend of Zelda, can still be very good with some traditional Zelda like dungeons. I don't think Breath of the Wild was better because it was a bunch of mini dungeons. I think it was great because it was, it was this open world design that kind of lets you do what you wanted to do when you wanted to do it, and you could take on the challenge in any way that you wanted to. So. That's where the success is at. So I, I hope they pare that stuff down and really focus on the good stuff. So, uh, all right, David, what is yours? So my next one is one that might also be on Noah's list, but I've got Marvel's Spider-Man 2 um, because I am just so flipping excited for this game. Uh, the original Marvel Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man game since Spider-Man 2 on the PS2. Like that that was the pinnacle of Spider-Man games and this came in and was as good. Uh, I actually have the platinum trophy on <laughs> on it. I played it so much. Um but not only was the original so good, but then Miles Morales came in and I mean that game perfectly captured the spirit of miles like it's it's <clears throat> i think we probably all have that idea of what miles is now that we've all seen into the spider-verse or at least most of us have seen in the spider-verse and, and that's kind of what leads us with miles and that was captured in the game and now we're getting both of them <laughs> both of these fantastic characters in the same game and there's even possibly co-op I, I don't know that that's going to happen i know there's been rumors and stuff but even if you're just switching between the two like there's so many cool ways that they're going to be able to take spider-man 2 with how much world building they've already done and i, I honestly don't think we're ready for it because we we went through new york and we're like oh this is really cool this is really big and then we went through new york again and Miles Morales is like, oh, this is really cool. You know, we've done this. But we're going to jump into this. To me, I don't know that this is going to be the same island as far as size. Like, I feel like they're going to really... This is only on PS5. So they are going to go nuts with how big they make this game. Uh, that that's part of why I'm wondering if co-op is on the table because when you go PS5 only, you've got a lot more to work with. But then we're not even talking about the coolest part of all of this, which is Venom being a part of the game, and we don't know how that's all going to go down. But you know we're going to get a black symbiote suit. Like you just know that somehow that's going to be a part of this game. And then uh, from the narration of the trailer, you can guess that Craven the Hunter is. A big part 
of this, whether he's just in the, you do kind of wonder if they're doing the whole Mr. Negative being the big part of the trailers. And then we're going to find out that a bigger bad is in the background of all of this, especially since they've already hinted at Norman starting his ascent into Goblin and maybe this whole Venom thing. Cause Venom is uh spoilers, but Venom is, I think we all can tell it's going to be Harry and, this one since they're going with the ultimate universe style of Spider-Man. So just there's so much cool stuff that they're taking and they're building and Insomniac being a part of this. It just makes you confident that this is going to be one of the best games of this year. It, it, they build great games. <laughs> That's a fair assessment. <laughs> Historically, they're good. All right, Noah, what is another one of yours? I believe we're on number three now. Number three, yeah. So I I guess I get the honor of doing the first repeat. Um, mine is oh. uh, The Legend of Zelda, ah. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, that one, I adored the first one. Um, kind of for a different reason than you, or for a reason that you didn't like it. I loved the getting lost aspect of it. Um, it was just such a beautiful, lush world in terms of like setting um, that I loved just exploring and getting lost and then figuring out, oh, hey, there's this thing here. Um, I liked not having like a, almost not a waypoint or a linear path, but just I liked being able to just kind of go do what I want because it's so relaxing. The setting and the vibe it that it gives off is it so is. relaxing that I just even if I just wandered around just looking and exploring the world for a couple hours, that was just so, I want more of that. Um, and it looks like from the trailer, we're maybe getting some like sky islands to explore, um, which really has me excited. Cause I'm like, I can explore in the sky. <laughs> um, but that's, I want to see what all, or how big, you know, they utilize that. Are we going to be on the ground most time? Or are we going to do a lot more in the sky? Um, it's I, there's not much that I've seen, you know, in terms of like percentages, I guess. Um, so that's I, I can't wait to explore and find out what kind of secrets are in the game. Um, I mean, even now, you know, however many years it's been since the game came out, we still are having people find and discover things in the game. So, yeah, I feel like GameSpot has like a new video like every yeah, like, month and hey, it's like this 72 things we found this time. And it's like, what the hell? How do y'all find it so much stuff? How? It's, yeah, it's, I'm like, if they did that just in, you know, the first game, <laughs> how many are they going to be able to put in the second game if we get like new, you know, abilities or things, you know, to engage with the world? Um, yeah, those are my biggest things I'm excited for. I, I hope, like you, they take the best parts of breath of the wild and condense them and focus on that um because there were some things that a lot of people had feedback with so hopefully now that they've gotten you know time to collect the feedback they can utilize it and uh evolve the franchise because i think that's what a lot of people are really hoping is they evolve they don't just do the same you know thing for the sequel uh which is a valid you know, worry with how big games are now um yeah, but it's also Nintendo. Nintendo's not 
notorious for repeating the exact same thing, uh, minus yeah. stuff like Pokemon and Splatoon. Yeah, so see yeah, so what they need to do. What they need to do is when you're flying, if you fly towards one of these islands and you miss it, they need to do the PS1 Spider-Man thing where you get a cutscene of him falling to his death and going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the sound you make. <laughs> Quite <laughs> literally, yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> I need to hear Link's. <laughs> That'll be the first words ever out of Link's mouth in a Zelda game is him screaming. <laughs> just just cuts <laughs> goes to, like, to the death. open air. You know, it's just <laughs> open sky, and they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> Just goes past. <laughs> Dude, I thought you were going to say Battle Royale. Oh, I, was, I, was, I thought you were. I was trying to hold back my life. Link, Link is parachuting down. A hundred links. Everybody keeps spanning the sword spin. I, I hope David, it's like, like Smash Brothers down here. I'm hoping David becomes like the journalist who's like. Everything should be BR, a BR. Everything should be a BR, or like he only will review BR. <laughs> oh, oh, we were we were already joking around because we were talking about like doing a segment, uh, like a preview for games that are coming up of what we know about the game, uh, like yeah. like a lot of places do. <laughs> and we were we started joking, why Atomic Heart is the next Breath of the Wild, <laughs> why Forspoken is the next Breath of the Wild. Like everything is going to be why it's the There's next Breath of the Wild. <laughs> why Breath of the Wild Two is the next Breath of the Wild. <laughs> One Piece Odyssey is the next Breath of the, <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Exactly. <laughs> You'll get the clicks. <laughs> why Forza Motorsport is the next Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's still the next big battle royale. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just the battle royale. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> for uh, I wanted to ask you, Noah, uh, since yeah. you enjoy getting lost, from your perspective, are you the type of person where if you see a waypoint, it bothers you, or it, like it draws you to like I have to follow the waypoint since it's there? No, I. I feel like I'm the person that tears of um, the podcast, by the way, all that laughing <laughs> tears of the Jeez. podcast. That's an album name. Uh, <laughs> but like, I'm the worst person and it's why it takes me so long to beat open world games or games with like specific areas because <laughs> game developers are like, Hey, here's this waypoint. You should go there next. And I'm like, no, I'm not done. I'm going to go the opposite. Oh, you're defiant. Way. <laughs> yeah, I'm defiant. They're like, hey, you should go this way. And it's like, you know, no, I'm going to go the other way and explore yeah. some more and make sure I collect everything that I can before I, I move on. Yeah. See, no one knows me. I need structure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do I, I. So do I. If I'm playing, I need structure. And if you have no waypoints I, at all, like, like Elden Ring, I'm like, what the heck am I doing? I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm literally the guy who, if I have like an NPC, you know, who's like giving me dialogue and stuff, I'll walk, let them walk ahead of me to see where they're going to go and go the other way and explore until I'm satisfied and I've found everything like collect wise. And then I'm like, Oh, Hey, you know, there is no urgency <laughs> in me at all. And I feel bad. Cause I feel like canonically they're like, Oh, we've got to stop this big bad person. I'm like, okay. See you in two weeks. Like, let me go explore <laughs> area one for two weeks. <laughs> you guys be okay. So yeah, see, that's, that's I think that's what the, the, the no way pointers don't understand about the way pointers. 
I'm the same way. <laughs> I even do that in my platformers. If I have the ability to go left, I'm going left. Okay. I'm going to yep. go left until I'm satisfied. And then I'm going to go right because usually you go right. So same thing with waypoints. If I see the waypoint, I'm going to get distracted and I'm going to go a different day. I'm going to go do a different thing. I see something <laughs> over there. I'm going to go explore that. But when it's time for me to want to explore the story or whatever else is next by the waypoint, I want the waypoint there so I could go to the thing so that way I don't get lost. <laughs> I I Ghost of Tsushima? Anthony? I did not. Okay, they had a really cool, and I think you would appreciate this system, uh, and Dave knows what I'm talking about. It's, you know, they don't give you necessarily, I mean, they give you a way, but like with Ghost of Tsushima, if you, you could explore the world and kind of do everything at your own pace how you wanted to, but if you ever wanted to, you could swipe up on the touchpad and it would give you a gust of wind that would tell you which way you needed to go. So it was yeah, almost a waypoint. hybrid of sorts. Yeah, it was a hybrid. It's, so it's it a waypoint. It's just one gives you a yeah. sense of smell, and the other one is just a marker on the map. But you know, yeah. it's the same I thing. Think you would appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I I reviewed Horizon Forbidden West for us, and I I spent eight hours in the opening area, not going to the Forbidden West, <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, I finally what? had to make myself go because I was like, crap, this review needs to get done. And if I keep staying here, it's not going to get done. Yeah, but you didn't get <laughs> lost on the way to trying to get done because you no, knew I knew I knew what to have. I also knew what to avoid. And that's yeah. also an irritating thing is I don't want to walk into the end of the story on accident. Yeah. <laughs> crap, here's so, Ganon. <laughs> you know, waypointers. OK, <laughs> listen to us. OK, it's now that we just want to be, you know, we're lazy and we don't play games and all that. No. We just want direction when we want it. That's all. We still we still enjoy the stuff. Jeez. When I play Elden Ring, I don't want to be, I don't want to be stressed and lost. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I yes. just want to. I just. I'm okay with being stressed, just not lost. Can you, can you, the, the the feeling of being lost. Like, have you ever been in a car and you're just lost? You're just like God. Because you just want to get to your destination. If you're yeah. playing Elden Ring and you're like me and David and you're getting lost because you already want to get to your def destination. And then on top of that, you got these strong enemies that are going to kill you all the time. Yeah, that's going to get frustrating after a while. I want to get yeah. to my destination and fight the challenge there. Okay, the, the, the Getting lost is not part of the, the, the fun. All right. Anyway, that was a side note. Um, my other game is street fighter six uh, i got to play the, the the preview for that that closed beta 2 and i am i am excited for where capcom is taking this what we haven't been able to see at length or at all really is the single player and i am curious to know how the single player is going to bring more casuals in street fighter 6 is definitely looking like it's going to be uh, something that caters to them while also still maintaining a competitive atmosphere to it as judged by the closed beta 2 there's already lots of competitive discussion going on with it so it's satisfying that itch and it's you know it's it's giving that to people so no worries there but in terms of you know, what the story mode is going to be like how all that open worldish type of stuff will be it's very interesting and i'm curious to know when people are done with that stuff, what's going to be left for people who don't play the competitive stuff or aren't very good at it, so they want a, a mix of things? What's going to keep them playing after that? 
I think Capcom has thought about those things, which is why I'm really interested to see what they're going to do. If they have an unfortunate, but I think they have. So uh, other than that, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful game and I just, I just want to play it at this point. It's, it's, <laughs> it's looking very good. So that is mine. Uh do we do you yours, David? Yet I've I've nope, lost. We haven't gotten track. to my number three. So. All right, what's yours? I am ready to go back to Star Wars Jedi. All right, <laughs> holding up the lightsaber for those who are listening. Yes, <laughs> I was wondering what you got. I have. I was yeah, like, you got that's why I got up. All the and I was like, there's something he didn't quite hide very yep. well there. He got something. Yeah. That, okay, it was a lightsaber. Yeah, I, gra- I grabbed Cal Kestis's saber, which I picked up. I am. Yeah. I I am. I love Fallen Order. Uh, I'm. I am not a. I really enjoy the idea of Souls games, but most of the time they just I get to a point where I'm frustrated and I just quit because there's other things that I would be more interested in playing. Um, I've the there's a lot of great lore I know behind the games, but I'm just not interested in searching it up. And the setting is not it does not draw me in as much Star Wars, though. (laughs) You put Star Wars in setting and my interest has peaked and I'm willing to overlook any difficulty and just keep playing and i loved what they did with star wars jedi and survivor looks like it's just a like the cool thing is they're done with the setup like we know why cal has went the way he went we know his backstory sure we may get some more nuggets from it and whatnot but we know a lot about him as a character they don't have to set that up now so they can dive headlong into this story about what is going on. the The boy looks ratchet in the in the in the 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 picture that we've seen of him. The images we've seen of him. He has been through it, and that's probably why the game is called Survivor, because he has just been out there surviving and trying to do his best. And like Noah said, it's going to be really interesting to see how they expand on their gameplay systems because they went pretty darn far in Fallen Order. I mean, you could have gone through with just the single lightsaber and that would have been cool, but no, they gave you a double blade and then they were like, hey, what if you like pulled that in half and used two lightsabers? <laughs> so I was like, okay, we've, we haven't necessarily done every single power and finisher and stuff that you can do with a lightsaber, but like, lightsaber been done (laughs) like we we've kind of done what you can do with a lightsaber largely so that was one of the first things i noticed and actually texted Noah about was hey the deluxe edition has a blaster so it made me kind of wonder if that's going to fight figure its way into the combat somehow how they're going to kind of combo things up and do that is going to be interesting not to mention you see a whole lot of moments where uh Cal is like there's one where he's riding like this almost chocobo kind of creature and whatnot. So whenever I see traversal like that, the first thing I think is this game is probably larger of a scale than we think it is. Like the the environments that you could traverse were pretty good size, but everything in Fallen Order 
was linear enough that you didn't need some sort of special traversal besides force powers to get there. Uh, these environments, at least in my opinion, are going to be much larger and require the traversal methods like these creatures and whatnot. So that's going to be very interesting. And then just, uh, he already said it, Cameron Monaghan did, did such a great job as Cal Kestis, and I'm looking forward to seeing how his character continues to change. And then who the heck is this dude that's in the back of the tank? Like this this dude missing an arm and whatnot. And then all these things that they're showing, these shots that it looks like it's from Coruscant with these this political intrigue in the background of them trying to figure things. Like this is, it's just a good Star Wars story. And, and that's what I want anytime I play a Star Wars game is a good Star Wars story. And Fallen Order did it. It looks like Survivor's going to do it. I like it. All right. Uh, Noah, what is your number four? I, I almost feel like my list is like most anticipated sequels of 2020 because <laughs> there's just so many sequels coming out. Um, I I don't I'm hoping this drops this year, um, but Final Fantasy seven. Rebirth Part Two, Remake Part, whatever you want to call it. It said uh, winter, so it it it, it could winter. slip, but it could also be here. Yeah, so that's all. It's that you know teeter totter kind of date that I don't I get antsy about, <laughs> you know, um, especially the closer we get. Um, but I I never played the original Final Fantasy Seven. Um, whenever they announced that you know they were remaking it, I thought about playing through beforehand. But um, at the time when I was working at GameStop, I was like, I can give people a better, a, you know, a good perspective on this if I wait and like just go in blind without playing. That way I could have the perspective of someone who had not played the original. So it'd be a good talking point kind of thing. Um, and I fell in love with the game. Um, I can see why it's so beloved among the industry and the fan base. Um, the characters are endearing and relatable and they talk like normal, if that makes sense. Like they have the dialogue interactions feel organic and there's a great, even like every side character is just a good character um, and well thought out. And that's not even going into like the story plot line. You know, I want to see where that goes. Cause I have, you know, been lucky and been spoiler free for the most part of everything. So I, I, I want to see where the story evolves and where it goes and kind of the repercussions of everything that happened in the first game. I want to see, you know, how it translates. Well, and the cool thing uh, with, with this one is just the fact that it's not a direct remake. Like they, they are actually, yeah. it's, it, it's a tale of, changing what's happened so it's almost it's almost a multiverse kind of yeah. ideal of an evolution well, it's expanding on the things yeah. that uh weren't necessarily detailed in the original yeah. right yeah and this was because they're playing in a three-part right yeah well, well yeah. they're literally yeah. like things yeah. are actually changing in the story and and they know that's the funny thing is these characters actually know that the story is changing um with certain things that should be happening but that don't happen so i'm i'm just i'm i'm incredibly impressed with the fact that square managed to do this like 
because all you it. had to do was hand money to somebody and say, hey, just remake it. No, they went a step further and decided, no, we're going to not just remake this. We're going to make it its own Final Fantasy VII story of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> so, just neat. Yeah, it's... I mean, even the, the gameplay was very addicting because it <laughs> it was it was so fluid and visually impressive um i played it again whenever they did like the ps5 enhancements and you know you're just sitting there thinking wow you know this is some impressive hardware running impressive visuals so i i'm hoping they just go bigger and crazier did you play the uh, dlc the integrate I didn't get that far into it. It's I I wanted to just see the enhancements and like see the visuals. My goal is to if they I made a deal with Square even though they don't know it. Um <laughs> if they give me a hard release date for um rebirth, then I'm going to replay part one with the integrate DLC before it comes out because I want to have that like recap fresh in my mind. I don't want to just do the thing most of us do where it's like, watch the summary in 20 minutes video on YouTube before I play the <laughs> sequel to catch up. I that's, that's the deal I've made with, you know, them. So hopefully they'll, they'll give us an actual date. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I can't wait. Um, it, it's, I think it's going to be just as fantastic as part one. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited. So what is, I think Anthony, are you up next? Yes, I am. All right. Um, I have for my fourth Diablo four. Nice. So Diablo four. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on this one. And I think some of it is based on what in the world is Blizzard going to do from a business perspective? Because people saw what happened with Diablo immortal. And now that now they believe this can follow suit. Um, I, I, I don't think it will. I think Diablo 4 will largely be void of the things Diablo Immortal did. That doesn't mean they won't have some microtransactions in it. I just don't think it will affect the actual gameplay of uh, Diablo 4. I think it will be more Overwatchy in that way. Uh, store, skins little other stuff stuff like that um so i think diablo 4 is going to be fine <laughs> I, I i i tread lightly when i say i think it's going to be good um just because i am not familiar with diablo 2 i didn't get into diablo until diablo 3 really i didn't have a pc growing up so i missed out on the diablos so when Diablo 3 came out, it was going to be on console. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, great. Like I got to preview it at E3 and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, I like where this is going. I finally get to play it. So people are talking about how, and, and Blizzard is also talking about how Diablo 4 is supposed to be uh, more, it feels more like Diablo 2. Well, based on Diablo 2 Resurrected, I really don't like that. I feel like I, I might have aged out of being able to enjoy Diablo 2 at this point because it, it did not feel great. But um, I am curious to know what they're going to do in terms of... It, a lot of people did play and enjoy Diablo 3. 
what parts of Diablo 3 are they going to keep as far as a modernized version of Diablo? And then what are they going to bring from Diablo 2 that's going to make it feel like that? I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to Diablo feeling more modern. So it feels like Diablo 2, but it has a modern feel like Diablo 3. I think if they can marry that together really well, I think this is going to be maybe the best Diablo out there. I just don't think it's going to really follow anything Diablo Immortal-ish. So I, I think we don't have to worry about that. David, what is your fourth game? My fourth is probably a bit out in left field. Uh, but it is one that's personal, and that's Alan Wake 2. Ah, forgot <laughs> because, about that one. <laughs> yeah, Sam, Sam Lake recently said something on uh, Twitter that makes you think that it's still on track for this year. And I would like to personally take credit for Alan Wake 2 because I did a video on GameStop TV about the Control Ultimate Edition coming out, and I pled with Remedy and with Sam Lake to give me Alan Wake Remastered and Alan Wake 2, and somehow we got both of them afterwards. So There you go. You're welcome, world. Yes. <laughs> no, no, but this is one of those cases where it's one of the most unlikely sequels to a game that I want that's actually happened because really? there's lots of games I'm like, man, I want to play a second one. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it just like this definitely did not feel like it was ever going to happen. And I'm just, I know we don't know a whole lot about it. We saw one trailer that didn't really have any gameplay, just had like this live action show of, of Alan and whatnot. But we know that it is moving into more survival horror styling. And that's not necessarily as much of my thing, but if they can keep kind of the core concept of Alan Wake, which is just that that really great story behind everything, that psychological thriller tale behind what's going on. I mean, they did such a good job with the original Alan Wake. They've done such a good job with Control. I'm willing to forgive them with Crossfire X. Uh, after that, you know, I'm getting Alan Wake too. That's all that matters. Bad, just deal that they took on. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that that's on. called that's called we're paying for other things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Notice he Alan, said willing, not guaranteed. Yes, <laughs> not guaranteed. <laughs> but just I I can't wait to see where Sam Lake. He has such an incredible mind when it comes to making these these odd interesting stories that, that just draw you in like 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 he did with things like max Payne. so I, i'm just very much excited to see where they take this because the the, the for me at least the sky's the limit like they, they can really just go above and beyond with this and i i think they will all right alan wake too yeah you, that was left field but that not left field for you <laughs> Nope, not right. for me. <laughs> Noah, what is your fifth game you are anticipating? My final one. Um, this one should come as no surprise also um, because of my love of anime and all things. Um, Blue Protocol mm. is is hitting my, yeah. That one, uh, <laughs> I, I love me some single-player games. I love story, narrative-driven experiences, but I also... 
love me some grindy games. I, for a long time, was the Destiny 2 guy. <laughs> I sunk so many hours into Destiny 2 um, and Destiny 1 uh, for that. I, I, I'm like a hamster on a wheel. Just let me do the same thing over and over again, but give me a reason to do that, and I'll I'll happily uh, run on a hamster Just like work. Exactly. I'll do it over and over again. Just pay me. Yeah, just, just pay me good. Yeah, pay me money. Um, but like recently, like it's a little bit of franchise fatigue for me with Destiny. I've I'll do the seasonal stuff, you know, but it's just it's more Destiny, and I really am wanting something that I can sink hundreds thousands of hours into, um, and this looks like it is right up my alley. Um, the anime aesthetic and vibe that it gives off alone um, sold me. <laughs> um, I I don't know if you, how much you guys played Genshin. I, I like Genshin at the beginning. I like the feel and the aesthetic and, you know, the inspiration of anime, but the gotcha system kind of, you know, pushed me away from it. Uh, this, you know, I don't have to worry about dropping hundreds of dollars to get a specific anime character because I can create my own. So I don't have to worry about that. Um, so monetarily wise, I think it works. But yeah, having an MMO where I can just grind, you know, quests, go through dungeons, bosses with clan mates and um, just explore the world. The world looks beautiful. Um, did either of you play Tales of Arise? I did. It, it gives me some Tales of Arise like world with the different <laughs> uh, settings, how they each look mm. and feel territorially different. Yeah. Um, so if we can just explore that each area, even more so than what Tales of Arise led us to, I I think it's going to be. I'm hoping it makes a lot of money, <laughs> which it's. It's got Amazon games backing it. So we know, you know, just from New World that they're going to give us a lot of content and support it. And it's, you know, it's MMO. I'll, I'll gladly pay for more content. I uh, don't mention New World. <laughs> it was, it's not great. It's not a great game. Well, it's, yeah, I, I feel like I, Blue New Protocol World's, needs to, to, to replace New World. New World is just crazy because it, it'll, go like come out and it's like everybody plays it nonstop for like three days and absolutely loves it and then you never hear about it until like new content comes out and then it's like the greatest thing ever for three days and then it just gets forgotten about yeah you you are reminded that oh yeah the combat feels good finding some of the loot is cool but then you realize after the third day oh yeah this thing is freaking repetitive god okay <laughs> yep. it's fun while it lasted you you forget you forget yeah. so um yeah as oh, blue protocol and doke so good oh my gosh i can't wait for both of those but uh looks like blue protocol is going to come out faster than doke v so uh, <laughs> the, uh yeah the combat too like looks really mm -hmm. fluid like very a lot faster than Genshin, like in just animation and pacing mm -hmm. wise. Um, so I'm I'm excited. <laughs> we could play that together. Let's let's grind I, that out oh, together. There we oh, go. David let's knows. Get some, I, let's get I'm some streaming going on on the yeah, YouTube, YouTube, right? Boys. If you guys want to uh, watch Noah run the same dungeon for 
four days in a row. <laughs> Dude, there's <laughs> on board. I come from Borderlands. Well, I do that all day. Oh, oh yeah. So another I, game no one knows much about. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I yeah, didn't know cool. you knew about the Borderlands. See, okay, okay. See, yeah, I know how to put you on a podcast. Yeah. There we go. Fantastic. <laughs> all right. My last one is Hades 2. So you guys know why. But oh yeah. <laughs> I do think this is an interesting question, and I don't think many people have asked it. How will Supergiant's first sequel go? Because this, they, everything they've done is different, and everything they've done has been iterative on each other. So you see with Bastion, then you see Transistor, take some elements from Bastion, and then uh, was the, I forget the game after Transistor, but it takes elements from both Bastion and Transistor, and then you see Hades takes from pretty much everything that they've done up until now. So this is the first time that they've done something that's literally the same franchise as they've done before. And so it makes me ask the question, do I really want more Hades or do I want something like a little bit different? <laughs> it's kind of scary because I'm like, they've always done something different. And then I have the sub question of, do I really want more of the same Hades or do I want something done differently within Hades? So they are moving in a different direction to me based on what I've seen. It doesn't look like they're going in a weapon-based uh, direction. They're going to go in a magic-based direction. I don't know how what that will look like. But that's what it, it seems like. I didn't see any weapons in the trailer. So I thought that was something that stood out. Uh, from there, it probably branches off into the different abilities you're going to get, how the gods bless you and all that kind of stuff. So all of that sounds very interesting. It's just, is it going to feel exactly like Hades did? Or are there going to be some nuances that when you play Hades and then you play Hades too, it's like, oh, I can't use the same strategies. I can't do the same, you know, type of things. They feel like two different games, even though they are sequels of each other. So I wonder about that. And that's what also gets me excited. So Hades 2, that is my fifth one. David, what is your fifth one? My fifth one, and this one, I've got an honorable mention, so I'll go with that after that. Because uh, these cheating? two are very close. Yeah, I'm I'm cheating. I'm <laughs> cheating. Um, Starfield. Okay. I have been looking forward to Starfield. Since, I, I've said it already before with the since the first trailer. No, I, they did the logo trailer, and I was excited. Like I, I've always enjoyed playing games like Fallout and Skyrim. I, I've not gotten sucked into them as much as some people have. But I, I like the world building. I like all of the everything tied together, the way the quests work. They, they always seem to come up with some really fun. Like that, there are a ton of side quests that are more fun than the regular than the actual story quests in those games. It just are. Um, but Starfield scratches a different itch in that I'm a big fan of like science fiction, space kind of style stuff, and Starfield hits that because just going to be able to go all these different planets and whatnot. Outer Worlds was really a good chance to kind of explore a bit of that, but it was more on the funny, ha-ha side and definitely a lot smaller scale. This is going to be a lot bigger and a lot more... I'm sure there will be some fun stuff to it, but there's going to be a lot more... There's going to be some serious 
stuff that you're going to be doing in this one. And like Bethesda keeps talking up the whole, oh, there's like a thousand planets to explore. I'm I'm not as I don't care as much about that. I care when they bring up that the dialogue is going into that deeper side that we've seen Bethesda jump into before because Fallout 4 they they dumbed down the dialogue too much and most people weren't as happy with it because it didn't feel as impactful and this seems like they're going back to that impactful dialogue that we've seen in the series in the Bethesda games before it uh, not to mention, they said that they've recorded more dialogue, I believe, than Skyrim and Fallout 4 combined. And that's just incredible. So I'm, you know, Mass Effect meets No Man's Sky meets Fallout. That's, that's, I'm good. That's, that's exactly the kind of a game that I want. It's a good way to put it. <laughs> Mass Effect and, meets No Man's Sky meets you say, Fallout. There Fallout, yeah. And like I said, cheating uh, Final Fantasy 16 is also something I'm very excited about, and it gets honorable mention because <laughs> it's graphically insane, and the whole monster battle summons kind of thing sounds amazing. <laughs> and, and then you just know, especially since Yoshi P is like personally wrote the whole thing, that it's gonna. There's a good chance this could be the best, one of the best Final Fantasy games to ever release when it comes to story. So. All right, it's five and five A. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I have to. There's so many good games coming this year, and we probably don't even know about half of them. Yeah, that's the I crazy know. thing. We've got I some know. great DLCs too. Like the podcast has to end, okay? But that's why it's a five. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Those are our top five most anticipated games. There are people who uh, publish and make these games, though, and so. They got some big shoes to uh, fill in 2023. Let's talk about what we want to see from Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Because things are supposed to happen this year from all three of them. So, let's talk about it. So, I'll start with Sony. Let's all start with Sony, what we want to see from them. Uh, One of the things I want to see is what will their free-to-play game structure stuff look like uh we're, we're gonna start seeing that come out pretty soon uh, it's supposed to be this year start seeing they're supposed Some to have more than stuff yeah 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 they're supposed to have more, like, acquired, 12 total or something like that yeah. and they, I think they, it was they acquired bungee yeah they acquired bungee to help with them yeah so like. i i and i'm Trying to remember, there was a free to play game under the oh, the it triggered the, my thought. I saw a news story, I guess Naughty Dog had posted another picture, I think, of, uh, of their multiplayer today. Uh, that is January 5th as of this recording. So it made me think, oh, maybe Last of Us is actually one of their free to play games that they're going to be releasing under the Sony banner. And so maybe Bungie's helping with that. Yada, yada, yada. I don't have anything confirmed, but that is a guess that I have about that. So it'd be interesting to see like if that ends up being the a one of their free-to-play games, how that turns out. Now, I will say, I think they said they're live service. I don't know that they necessarily said free-to-play specifically. Okay. Just, just to let you know on that. 
that's fair. Live service could be free to play, but could be. It, yeah. it could you could not be. Overwatch was originally paid, but also a live service. So, mm-hmm. but um, with so many that they have coming out, with so many uh, <laughs> that they are developing. They sound serious about it, but I also wonder if they're stretching themselves too thin in being able to put enough resources available in order to get it all done. Yes, they are a big corporation. They have a lot of money. They can hire people. But PlayStation also seems to be... Uh, they come off to me as if they're a little desperate right now, particularly with Microsoft and the acquisition stuff. And like was, they seem like they're penny-pinching. Um, not that they actually are, but that's what it feels like in the way how desperate they feel about, oh my gosh, I don't, we don't want to lose this money thing. And of course, as a corporation that's meant to help fill investors pockets, yes, you don't want to lose any of the money, but PlayStation's doing quite well. It's the best brand among Sony. So I think they're okay with that said, um, this is not their bag. Free to play is not their bag. The type of things they're good at is single player, story driven, you know, the God of War kind of games. Uh, they're very good at that. So, if they can pull this free to play stuff off, which I am trepidatious about, uh, great for them and great for us because we'll have some more free stuff to play. Hopefully, it's good. But with as many as they want to release, I don't know how many will actually hit. <laughs> well, I guarantee you some stuff is throw crap at the wall uh, and see what sticks. Guarantee sure. you some of it is. But I also am fully on board with the this is why Bungie is here. Uh, Bungie is sharing all of their expertise. And like you said, it's not Sony's bag. That's why you spend so much money, not just to acquire Bungie, but spend literally a whole nother 1.2 billion in bonuses to make sure people stay that can teach you how to do this right. Uh, I, I, it Will it make a difference on every single game on that list? No, but I'm willing to bet there's a couple that will hit because Bungie is helping them do it right. Um <clears throat> So I just, heard just a, a thought, but for all the the Destiny listeners, <laughs> I heard something pretty scary from a friend over the holiday break. Um, we were talking about Destiny, and we were talking about uh, Sony and the free to play stuff, and you know how Bungie is helping them out. Uh, their theory is uh, that Sony bought Bungie, and what's going to happen is Sony's going to start offering some of the Bungie employees different positions at these different developers uh, so that they can help develop these free-to-play games. They know what they're doing, all that stuff. So it's not, it, it's not how I was previously per- perceiving it, that Bungie would just stay together, work on Destiny, but also help with these other developers. They think that uh, Sony will actually start sucking hmm. developers out of Bungie and putting them in different places which then will leave Destiny as a husk, which I was like, wow, that's that that would suck. <laughs> um, I but, don't think that's what they're trying to do personally, but yeah, well, I don't um, know if that's I what could see that happening. Yeah, yeah, like one bunch is hiring like crazy uh, because they're expanding, and I think a lot of it is to help work on you know all that stuff for Sony. Um, but the Destiny 
has such like Prost to Bungie, they have really changed their philosophy and their mindset. They, the people, it's kind of that you, you support yourself so well with the people under you that way, if you do leave, you've ingrained everything into, you know, your successors. Um, Cause the guys like Joel Gogroth, you know, now who's game director of destiny, he started out as a raid designer. Yes. Yes. I, okay. So, yeah. so yeah, I, and I don't, I don't see them. I think that if they do decide to leave and go to Sony for whatever, you know, uh, assistance, you know, they, that they need, I, I have full faith that the people that replace them, I think destiny will be fine, whether it stays yeah. at the same quality, you know, um, we'll see, <laughs> but, yeah. Probably the more interesting thing is the fact that they, one of the big guys over at Bungie actually said they have several unannounced projects they're working on mm -hmm. right now. They have. So I, uh, I would actually worry more about those detracting from Destiny <laughs> more than I would the other because I, I could actually see Sony more, hey, we're working on this. Can we send people over to you? and kind of do that whole thing that Noah was talking about with ingraining kind of some concepts into people and, and almost using Bungie as a training ground even more than just, hey, you go fix this team. Because <laughs> I, I feel like know. Sony does a really Sony does a really good job with that kind of stuff. Kind of being like, like hey, you guys, you guys know what works. Yeah. Um, like, keep doing what you're doing to help us. Um, they, like, we know Bungie's got some mobile game uh in the works because they got a huge backing from a couple of uh corporations big investments and then we also know that they're working on a multiplayer kind of pvp only hero shooter yeah, hero shooter i thought hero shooter that i i would my theory is that that's what one of the reasons sony acquired them was to get that live service game oh, hey yeah this is my point. <laughs> I, I wonder what's going to happen with Sony. It's it's so crazy. We're like, oh, what's this? You know, this is going to be, you know, no, no, no. This is what's happening. We're, you know, that's probably like five, six years down the road. <laughs> it's it's oh, yeah. to play the guessing game. All right, David, what do you expect from Sony? So and something that I want to see from Sony is an early showcase. Um. CES did not have much, which that I'll be honest, if you were going into that thinking, oh man, they're about to show off everything. You you oh, no. have never watched CES. CES is literally not for what you wanted. Like if you get anything, you should be happy about it. Like we actually got more than I honestly expected uh I when was, Jim Ryan I was went up on the stage. Why I didn't get Spider-Man <clears throat> 2 gameplay at the CES. <laughs> So, but, but the thing is, is we really don't know a lot of what Sony's up to this year. Like, we know Marvel Spider-Man's coming out. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2, they've reiterated that. We know that Final Fantasy 16 is coming out, which that's not even Sony's public. Sony might be putting the money behind it, but they're not making the game. So We know they're beyond, not putting it on yeah. Xbox. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Wolverine is... I think the only other announced game beyond the last of us, like we know what a couple games probably are. Like we know sucker punch is probably making 
goes to Tsushima too. That just mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, but like we we've just had several games come out and we don't know what Sony's Sony has a, a lot more studios than people think. And we don't know what any of them are making. They've said 25 games in development. Like we, we, at some point we need to start knowing what some of what the roadmap is. I'm not saying, you know, pull an Xbox and announce games that may not be out for another five years, but Sony's done that too. But like if something is coming soon, it, you do have to start telling me, okay, why am I buying a PS5? You, you've given me a lot of good reasons for it <laughs> with Horizon and God of War and stuff. People want to know what's next. Uh, yeah, and you've got at least so do hard some to keep of Call it. Of Duty. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's part of it. But I, I'd like to see what sto- studios like Sucker Punch, Blue Point, what's their next project. Uh, but they've also got some some smaller studios that they have working on exclusive stuff like Deviation is working on apparently a live uh, first-person shooter, live service game. I'm, I'm very excited to see how that goes. They recently hired Tony Flame from the Black Ops series. Uh, they've got quite a few people from like Destiny and Black Ops that have come to make this studio. So it, it, this it could be really, really cool. It could be Sony's next big first-person shooter, for all we know. Uh, Gorilla has apparently been working on a secret project for quite some time. We don't know what that is. Uh, that the biggest thing is we didn't get a showcase out of Sony at all last year. Like they did smaller state of plays. We did not get a regular showcase. And at some point, Microsoft is going to step up to the plate and start giving us dates for some of these huge games they have this year. Sony needs to get in gear and start their, they need to keep holding on to the market's attention. Because you can right now they have it, but they can lose it real fast because all Microsoft has to do is start showing these games that we've been promised and start attaching dates to them. And then all the attention's theirs. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Sony in the last, eh, might even say since the PS4 has played more defensively. I can I can agree with if that. Microsoft does something, then Sony will do something. That's that's what it seems like they've been doing, which I, I think in some ways has been successful. So maybe they are waiting on. Well, yeah. waiting might be a stretch, but yeah. uh, for certain things, maybe they are waiting on Microsoft to put some dates on some stuff. So that way, when they finally do it, it's like, oh yeah, Microsoft. Oh my gosh, they're actually doing something. And Sony's like, oh my god, this goes to Tsushima too. Who gives a flip about Microsoft? <laughs> they, they've also been a little bit of Nintendo-y in the sense of they've waited until they for sure knew something was coming out before they gave a lot of information on it. Uh, that, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I've been arguing for that. a long time. Sony has uh, followed Nintendo's model for, <laughs> and they have. for pretty, pretty closely. But like, you know, we know spy, like all the devs are talking about how excited they are for Spider-Man 2 to come out. Let us see Spider-Man 2. <laughs> we have one trailer. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> let, let me see Spider-Man 2. Uh, you, yeah. You're you apparently very excited about what you're seeing. Let me see it. <laughs> I will be. I want to be excited too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why they're telling you. <laughs> so that you can be excited about the Give idea. Me gameplay. Yeah. Gameplay. <laughs> simple. Simple man. All right. Noah, what do you want to see from Sony? 
you guys are going with all these like you know future you know like give me the big stuff I, i'm a simple simple man i so i want to be able to on the controller <laughs> it's close i want to be able to <laughs> customize my controller that is all i want i want to be able to go to now you're talking website. about xbox design lab essentially yeah yeah like i'm <laughs> sorry but like i can i'm like sony i always made the joke like you know in the retail world <laughs> yeah. That uh, Sony is very reserved with their color color palettes. They're like, oh, there's this new, slightly darker shade of purple controller. Like, no, just let me go to your website, pick a you know a vast array, a plethora of different colors, and let me design my own controller how I want. And you can even you could sell the DualSense Edge controllers, but if you make it exclusive to that, like, hey, you want to have like you know rainbow colored DualSense Edge, order it off our website. That's, I'm, I'm just a simple man. I just like different colors on my controller. <laughs> I mean, they took see, a big swing making the PlayStation 5 white. So, yeah. I mean. See, see, my joke in retail was on PlayStation, I spend more time playing games than looking at my controller. So. That is true. But before I start playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> How else do you uh, buy it? You got to look at it first, man. <laughs> Hey, they've gotten a lot better than they have back in the like PS3 days where it was like <laughs> black, red, Gray. and blue. That's it. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention that controller sucked. So yeah, it, was, it was an awful controller. Yeah. All right. What do we want to see from Microsoft? So I'll start. Uh, I want them to keep Game Pass the same price. I know that's a stretch. But it's it's what I want to see. I know inflation exists, but instead of increasing uh, the price, I would rather them bring more awesome games onto the platform and instead of uh, having people leave or try out the $1 thing and then leave. No, just bring more people on and make them stay longer. So that way you don't really have to raise the price now i know it's tricky because phil spencer talks about you know we've kind of hit the peak of the amount of people who would subscribe to game pass which i don't 100 believe that because that's not how a, per, a growth person thinks but with that said where game pass is now that's probably what he he means by that and i would say i mean part of the niceness about game pass right now is that price is $15 for ultimate $10 for console or PC. It, it is very, very good. You go up in price. People are going to unsubscribe. You're not going to get more people no. when you raise the price, you will get more money. So I get that, but it might be one of those things where it kind of evens out where, you know, that's usually what happens. Yeah. You get the max amount of people subscribing, but then you up the price and then the people drop out and then you kind of level out with the same amount of money. It could happen. I'm not a economics major. Uh, I don't have a PhD in economics. So, uh, you know, maybe they could do the math and figure, yeah, if we raise the price this much, even if we lose this many people, the, it, we're fine, but I would rather them, just increase the amount of good games on there so that way you know people can stay we get to keep the same price we get to play more good games i'm not even suggesting that they put more free stuff on there that that's not i don't even care about that stuff yeah. just give us more things to 
enjoy Game Pass with. Um, it's already great, but there's always room for improvement. And I think if you can secure some stuff, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake, somehow make that happen, you know, things like that, hey, go for it. Um, yeah, that's, that, that is mine. David, what is yours? This one's a little bit more immediate, and some of it is because I just want to play it now. Uh, Starfield should hit before June. <laughs> there are a lot of different rumors that are going around. Uh, the, the main one is that Redfall got internally delayed, and it is hitting in May, which that's fine. You're trying to figure out how you want to do that one. And I don't know that I believe all of the the talk that Starfield was in a better state than Redfall, so Redfall jumped it because uh, Redfall was originally before Starfield. I think it's still probably in the same area. But that being said, if Starfield can make its way out in the next three to four months, it's going to capture a lot more attention. Um, like uh, it, it just will. Yeah. By the time you get to June, there are so many games that are going to be out. Like that, yeah. I I know that 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 Final Fantasy. It's only on PlayStation, so it's it's not going to necessarily discourage people from playing Starfield on Xbox and on PC. It's that's it's not gonna it's not gonna be on any platforms to be a decision, but Diablo Four will be. Diablo 4 will, will be up there as an available. Game Pass does help Starfield, but it just makes so much more sense to, to put it out before other things have a chance to steal gamers' attention. To, to be, you don't want it to get buried on, you don't want it to be the next Horizon and get buried on Twitter be, because of Elden Ring. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you want Starfield to be the thing everyone's talking about. And I, I don't think that it will necessarily happen because Bethesda games certainly have a way of, <clears throat> even if they aren't critically received as well, that they can still continue to live well past it. Yeah. But... Skyrim. Yeah, but especially with some some, uh, it looks like on Xbox Series X, Starfield's going to run at thirty frames per second, and while that is not necessarily a detriment to any game because gaming can still run good at thirty frames, don't tell me that's not going to be the huge nasty negative talking point on Twitter, as opposed to oh the dialogue is so incredible. This is a, you, you don't want if you put it out and you get a lot of that then if you've got other big games out around it, then people are just going to gravitate to those other games and talk about those games and the positives and the negatives will overwhelm Starfield. I just think Starfield needs to come out ahead of time. Like it, 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 If you can somehow, there was a rumored March 23rd was a, was a rumored date. If you can hit that, I think that is great for that game because it gets out ahead of so much else. Well, that uh, we we like to play games together. I think that's the best part about video games. So if we if we get the chance, excuse me, if we get the chance to uh, have a moment where we can just play, it, it it feels it would feel more like the Animal Crossing thing, where you know it was 
COVID and then Animal Crossing comes out and it's like, oh yeah, like this is the game everybody's playing right now because it's basically the only thing out that's new. Yeah, if we if we get that, then that would be fun. That would be fun for all of us. That that obviously would be beneficial to Microsoft, but it would be fun for us because the sorrows, the joys, the <laughs> all of that we get to experience and explore together. I, I don't think it will hit as hard as Elden Ring. I think Elden Ring was an anomaly in terms of the way it just oh, yeah. stole people. But I think Starfield has that potential. I don't know if it has Skyrim potential, but it, Bethesda has a track record of doing what you talked about. It, it just sucks people and it keeps them well past it, the time it should and uh yes the earlier the release it the more we get to enjoy that experience together all right noah oh, let's see so microsoft i i think you know they haven't really announced you know much in terms of games uh recently but i i want them to kind of do what sony is now doing with their branding i i want them to expand into other forms of media they could have announced stuff that i just haven't seen but we've gotten what a halo tv show that people forgot about that was on paramount plus or part of that was because it was kind of sucky at parts (laughs) that's 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 why yeah that's what i'm saying like they need to they have some, especially after the Bethesda acquisition, they have some really good properties that I think could be a great foundation for them to expand their platform, you know, with some theatrical, uh, it don't even have to be like, you know, HBO, like throw it on Netflix. Everything's going on Netflix. Like, (laughs) like if we could get some fallout TV shows, some Amazon is actually doing a fallout TV show, by the way. Oh, they are? Okay. Yep. Well, that's, like, just more. Like, give, give us more quality. Give us some theatrical stuff. Like, I, I think that would go a long way in helping strengthen their name and get more people not only, you know, invested in the consoles, but in their universes. Um, uh, You know, I, like I said, I, I look at The Last of Us. Like, look at how much effort has been put into that show, and Look at how many awards it's probably going to win. <laughs> and it's just going to get more people, you know, hopefully will be people who have HBO Max watch the show and they're like, oh, there's a video game about that. Like, you know, that's just a new person you're getting to not only buy your games, but your console. So I, like I said, I think that's something that, you know, there might be stuff that they have in the works just unannounced, but I, I'd like to see some more, you know, expansion stuff from them. A fable show would be really cool to go along with the new game. Like you could do yeah. something really fun with that. They they have a lot of really good, you know, baselines that they can that they can explore from some great universes and some great worlds. So I mean, let's be real, if Sony can do a Gran Turismo movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean here's the thing uh, about the difference between Sony and Microsoft like Microsoft they they've delved into multimedia outside of video games particularly with Halo um but Sony does that so much because that's what Sony does like that that is 
they're back. They were a motion picture studio before PlayStation came out, right? The, you know, they were selling TVs before PlayStation came out. Now they're combining and unifying these things and going, we make these beautiful looking games that would go great with our TVs and go great with the idea that we make motion picture, we make TVs, we make movies. So this makes sense that Sony is taking franchises that are doing very well and going, oh, this looks like something that could be adaptable to TV or streaming or a movie. So you got The Last of Us. You know, obviously they have the Spider-Man license. They're making the game more uh, cinematic in nature. They're going in that direction with it. Fun gameplay, I would say. Spider-Man actually is the most like cinematic video game that has fantastic gameplay. But um, I say that because I'm not a fan of the way Sony does that stuff. But um, I just... I think that's the difference between Sony and Microsoft. Microsoft is more services oriented, which is why it takes them forever to get some games going and all that. You know, when Xbox came out, like the glory of Microsoft at the time was Xbox Live, right? Like Halo was fantastic, but oh my God, because of Xbox Live, we could play together, right? That's what Microsoft's strength is services. Now we got Game Pass service windows kind of a service microsoft 365 it's a service so i just i don't know if microsoft really wants to expand in that direction because it's not their thing but i don't know we'll see now that they're getting bethesda obviously they got fallout maybe we'll get some elder scrolls something that could uh that could tap into the uh what was that game of thrones audience a little bit maybe yeah. um so we'll see. I just, it's, they're not Sony. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unlikely. Well, there, there were rumors they were looking at Netflix. What, of acquiring them? Microsoft. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Not going to say, obviously, that it's true, but they're, where there's smoke there i mean they could have at least asked <laughs> i wouldn't have well, yeah. i wouldn't have say uh, with the with the way that they've acquired things i mean i wouldn't be surprised if they didn't be like hey phil just sent a text like hey is this ballpark number good well, more more no. more, <laughs> sat, more satya i'd say yeah. it's more satya you need up. more zeros or is this good yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's it's you know like he's kind of said it's not really their thing. It's it's very unlikely that they you know heavily pushing that. But I think it's just because I'd like to see them do that because I think you know they've got some good properties that would make for good content. Yeah. I just yeah. I don't want them to not be too afraid to try it. Well, it's a smart thing to capitalize right now because people it's another way to ingest content and you keep it in front of people. And not to mention it's a way to grab a hold of a more casual audience who is willing to watch a movie but not play a game and get them interested in going and playing the game yeah and you know i'm not asking for much i'm not asking for like in a straight adaptation just like put some stuff in the universe and you know throw the name on there that's all you gotta do <laughs> so yeah, we'll see i doubtful but i'm a dreamer all right David, you had something else you wanted to add for Sony. What else do you want to see yeah. them do? Well, I actually had Sony and Microsoft both another one because mine are yeah. very separate. Uh, for <laughs> Sony, my second one is actually to find a few big VR third-party games. Mm, okay. um, I think that from what we're hearing out of, uh, I think that PSVR 2 sounds awesome. I've got one ordered myself. I'm looking forward to, to getting that at the end of the next month. And everything I'm hearing out of CES 
is that it's a it's awesome. Like the tech itself is just great to play with. It's really fun to use. Uh, the face haptics on the headset are apparently really will wow you when you're using the headset. Like it's just just a new way to kind of ingest VR, and that's VR for you. You have to try it to really get it. VR is a very almost impossible sell just based on word of mouth. Uh, you you really have to try it for yourself. You do. <clears throat> but something else that will sell VR is a killer app. If you do not have a killer app, you can't sell it. Uh, Horizon seems big. It seems like it'll be a really good one, but I don't think it's necessarily... It just doesn't feel like a system seller. It seems like something where it's like, okay, I have the PSVR. It's a game I have to have, but it's not the reason that I bought the PSVR, if that makes sense. Well, I think the conundrum with that strategy is, like you said, you got to try VR. Yeah. And so how do you convince people to buy VR when they don't yeah. really have the accessibility to try it? And so By you can grabbing... have all kinds of the killer apps that you want, but if they actually haven't put the headset on to get a feel for what it is, how can you still sell it, right? Here's how you do it. You grab Half-Life Alex. They get right. Half-Life Alex on it because that is a that is an actual will sell VR headsets game. Like there there's some titles that you trust and it's like just based on the title alone that's the reason I'm getting this. Um there are people who will up upgrade their console because of a specific game coming to that there are people who will grab ps5s because of spider-man 2 uh yeah you need you need that on vr and something like half like alex it but VR, to me that's revolutionary vr is different in feel though like people yeah. will buy a ps5 because of a game but they also know the way they play games is not changing the way they play a VR game is changing, could feel weird. Like me, I am not into VR because it covers my face. And I've, you know, like it's not a claustrophobic <laughs> thing. It's just I don't want to spend a lot of time playing with something over my face. Uh, so, like, it's just uh, I, I like being hyper aware of my surroundings. But you can put half, I, I've heard of Half Life, Alex is good. I have no desire to buy a vr thing to play half-life alex i just think vr has a bigger hurdle to solve yeah. than just put a game on it and people well, will buy thing i agree with i agree with that concept completely i just think that it becomes more much more must buy with a game like that because half-life alex is a is a game that sells the the item uh compared to horizon is a game you should have on that item. Um, yeah. But not to mention, I also think that they need to acquire at least two more VR-centric studios this year. Um, they've already lost out on Camouflage to Meta, and Camouflage is actually working on a PSVR <laughs> exclusive game, I believe. Oh. <laughs> uh, so uh, th that contract will probably be fulfilled, but here's the thing, you don't get anything after that game. If that game, let's, let's imagine that that game ends up being revolutionary, on PlayStation VR, you can't get a two uh, because unless you do a really good deal with Meta, 
And that's the other thing is Meta is jumping into that space headfirst. They bought all these. I'm actually very surprised they were able to convince Meta to make Beat Saber for PSVR 2 because Meta owns that studio. Yeah. So you have to go out and start grabbing studios. I mean, if, if I'm not mistaken, the new Ghostbusters game may actually come to Meta first and Sony is having that game made. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> Once again, you have if if VR is something you're trying to sell, you need to figure out the best ways to sell it. And it's games. I mean, it's it's getting the best. If yeah. you cannot if you cannot get people under the headset, you have to put out games that make them want to get under the headset. Yeah, I think I think that is the the weird part to me. The and that's why demos Give are going to be so to important. put on the headset. You have to force yep. the headset onto them so that way yep. they can see how good it is. And I mean, it's going to come down to people being able to visit Best Buy and try it because that's what happened with the original PSVR is they had these demo times that they got to try and that sold people um, yes. who bought it. Uh, like, and I, that's I, what's going to have to happen because the thing is the PSVR is going to launch away from retail it's only launching right. from playstation direct so like you said that it's all enthusiasts in this first run it's yeah, only yeah. enthusiasts for sure and <laughs> i think people like yourself who've played it will help sell it more because and, and i've played i played astrobot love the frick out of Astrobot. so good they so need good. another astrobot game <laughs> so good and so i was like this sold me <laughs> but it hasn't sold me enough to want to go buy something uh, whether yep. either it's because my PC isn't strong enough that like there's so many barriers to the idea of getting VR. You got to pay five hundred dollars just to get the PlayStation yep. Five, and then you got to spend another extra money to get the PSVR two. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's it's not. Oh, it's a consumer like, barrier. That's for sure. Yeah, like a, and, and, I, and I more just, the more the lower consumer because like people like me understand the the value because PSVR four. The cost is actually pretty effective compared to other it VR is. beyond Meta, yeah, beyond value, Meta, obviously. Value, yeah. But Meta great is Meta is by itself. If you don't have a PlayStation mm -hmm. Five at all, it's actually pretty close to just buying a headset on its own. Although it has that barrier because you need to yeah. have the PC as well. But yes, and, and Meta is very much an entry level. People, people are amazed by the the Quest, and it's like wait until you experience like hooked up to a good piece of hardware <laughs> vr <Yeah>. like <laughs> like this is not the best vr has to offer it's very good it is not even close to what the best vr has to offer <laughs> yeah it does i i don't think v uh, when vr first came out it was short on games i think oh, vr yeah. is in a month <laughs> and had short games yeah. <laughs> they were like two you were like an hour two hours and it was like forty dollars like what the heck <laughs> i think that's Hello. what people could handle at the time but yeah the price was ridiculous but yeah. uh, I, it was it was also expensive to make they were expensive yeah. to make too because mm -hmm. it was very fresh uh mm -hmm. engines and stuff being built they got games now though yeah uh, lots there, of games. there are reason to buy a vr headset i just i just think vr has a very particular challenge different than consoles it's, it's so much of, bigger than it used to be but it's still niche yeah. like that's the easiest yeah. thing that way to put it yeah all right noah did you um, have another uh sony or microsoft thing you um, wanted to see it kind of i had one microsoft and it's mostly um you know me 
dreaming or just thinking of ways that they could improve themselves. Uh, to go along with Game Pass, I, I agree. I hope it stays the same price, you know, even with all the, you know, factors going in. But I also, I would like to see either them reinvent Games for Gold or find a way to strengthen it. Or just get um, rid of it. <laughs> do something. Yeah, Sink like reinvent that shit, boy. <laughs> Sink that ship. I, I would like to see. <laughs> I think there's a place for it, but I I think that it needs. To yeah, in the trash. <laughs> now, do you see why it needs reinventing? Yes. Do you see? I, yeah. I totally okay. know why it okay. needs reinventing okay. because it sucks. Exactly. I mean, there's no way around it. Exactly. So it needs something new, something fresh. What do you think games with gold needs? It needs maybe movies. That's a joke. That's a joke. That'd still be interesting. You're actually onto something. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you something so stupid. It's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think there's movies and games for gold. I'm going to prove your point right now. (laughs) So first of all, uh, games don't seem to as as big as the games industry is. It doesn't seem to garner like such a huge attention span from the the general public the way movies and TVs do. For example, Gamefly started with games. Now they do games and movies, right? So you look at all the websites that are out there. They used to just be games. GameSpot, Polygon, Katai, you know. Now they yeah. games and entertainment. Even Why? we're talking about movies. <laughs> yes, even we do that. So for some reason, games just doesn't do But if you put movies with it, okay. Now, now we're getting... It's not like uh, Xbox doesn't have movies you can rent on there. So what if you could, you know, maybe if maybe it wasn't you held it forever, maybe it was just for that month. You could watch this movie for free. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. I, I, I'm helping you out. <laughs> hey, I might have just said something so stupid. It works. There we go. <laughs> was was uh, that it? I set the bar pretty low for you guys. Um, I for Sony, I had the. Um, like I would like to, along with being able to customize my controller, I kind of went very controller heavy. Um, I, I mentioned it a little bit. Like I wanted a um, accessibility focused controller announcement from them, and we got one at CES. So it's kind of you know, <laughs> yeah. It, Ooh, you know, they was, did it. Okay. I was like, hey, <laughs> we did it. Yeah. That. Well, you know, like, thank you. I won't get the go. other one, but I'll take you know, I'll take. Good of you to think of that. I I wouldn't have thought of that. Um. There you go. Are already done. Check. <laughs> yeah, I, I have one more Microsoft one, and this is one that has been on this show before uh, discussed in great detail. They have got to get their studio management under control. Oh, I'll and it's well, it's not people leaving. It's that you went on an acquisition spree and have very little to show for it. I get that there's a pandemic. I, I get that there was issues, but your both of your competitors have still had big AAA games coming out. Like that you have to have fruits of your labor and what we are hearing around the water cooler, so to speak, is that Xbox is very relaxed with their teams, which the, the talk is that, they were really hard on Lionhead. Like they were really over the top hard on them and that didn't work. Well, Is that it's the Dan it, uh, possibly, I don't know. Uh, I the, 
they they tested out that Fable Legends thing that was terrible and and yeah, never no. went anywhere, and then they disbanded the studio. But I think they went a little bit too tough in the thought of okay, well, we need to be a little more, we need to be a lot more hands off, and that's not. This isn't a one size fits all thing when it comes to management. Different studios need different amounts of attention, and I'm not saying that anyone at xbox i'm not saying let's fire phil spencer it's all his fault or let's fire matt booty no if anything they probably need to bring in some additional hands into upper management to help because xbox has grown so fast and it is tough when you expand so fast to have correct chains of command to have the right management in place like when you acquire a, a studio a publisher like bethesda there are already pre-existing chains of command there. You don't have to go in and say, okay, we've got to rework management. But when you're acquiring five studios, especially when not every one of these studios has a, a Tim Schafer or has people that like Obsidian have, because Obsidian, they're, they, I feel like Obsidian is the insomniac of Xbox. Like their, their output is just incredible. You don't have that in every studio, so you can't just be hands off and be this. Okay, well, it'll work itself out. We've we've heard all these issues that Undead Labs has had with with. I believe there was actually harassment issues in that studio. Uh, Rare restarted Everwild completely from the bottom. Fable has apparently had a lot of issues. The the, the 4chan thing isn't correct with all this. Oh, they're switching engines and all this. No, they they've just had issues internally with the game looking rough. And we don't even have to really get into Halo because we've already gotten into that a bunch of times before of just the massive amounts of issues they've had along with constant people departing that studio. It points to you need stronger management. And stronger doesn't mean that you're overmanaging. It just means that you're putting the right attention in the right places. It doesn't mean that you have to be overbearing with every studio, but you do need to sometimes step in and say, look, you've been working on this project for this long. We've got to get to, we've got to get to beta. <laughs> it, we've got to stop being an alpha. One of the reasons PlayStation does so well is they have so many strong managers in their individual studios. And there's a reason why you're starting to see PlayStation split into, and some of it's they've been around for a while. So they've, they've been able to develop strong leaders, but you've had some of these studios be able to split into multiple teams. And that's why Sony has been able to put out all of these games is because they've been able to take these people, promote people from within, continue to grow their teams, but have the right people in place in these teams and, and be able to continue on during one of the toughest times of development. So I said it. it it's just the thing is, is it's it's not. I always hate to do that. It's not acceptable, but you should have more results from having this many studios. Like, especially considering a lot of these were purchased before the pandemic, and it's it's a product of not having the strongest management. Uh, we we should not be hearing all these issues from that. Um, like I said I'm I'm not speaking this everybody needs to be fired i'm just saying you need stronger <laughs> managers <laughs> how many times do you hear from GameStop corporate 
How many times have you heard from GameStop when you worked for and when you oh. did, David, <laughs> when like, you used to work for GameStop, you worked for GameStop. How many times do you hear from corporate? I'll put it this way. When we were uh, being mismanaged, I heard from them uh, <laughs> quite a few times. Like what well, we would get, uh, obviously like two, it was more company times emails. Year, times a year. It was company yeah, emails, okay. but company emails. Okay. So, sometimes yeah. we'd get them a couple, uh, sometimes we'd get once a month. <laughs> oh yeah. Depends on how, how, you know, how bad you, uh, you were not performing, you know, to their standards. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I asked that because what else are they supposed to do besides send an email, like get in there and be like, Hey guys, get to beta. Like, at some point, like these developers have to kind of, you know, just do the work themselves. They got to, they got to put on their, their, their pants, you know, whatever, whatever analogy you want to use. And they need to do the work. Management can only get over on you so much before you either get fired, you get written up, you're, you're replaced. I mean, how can you get I, fired if you're, if your boss is uh, not actually paying attention to what you're doing though? I mean, do we have evidence that Microsoft is absolutely not paying attention? I've, I've just heard, I've just heard a lot that they have been very off hands off with their studios, as well as it, the the proof is kind of in the pudding with some of the way some of the things we've heard results wise. Yeah, I've when you have constant res when you hear constant restarts of projects and all these kind of things, it speaks to you're being very hands off. There's a reason yeah, things yeah. with Nintendo go so well; they're very hands on. <laughs> For sure. Um, granted, you hear from Nintendo, Nintendo that they that they stepped in <laughs> with their quality yeah. control. Yes, uh, we hear the notorious story of Pokemon Gold and Silver and how uh, Satoru Iwata had uh, literally saved the game from uh, disaster. But uh, my point with Microsoft, hey, Microsoft is such a much bigger corporation than Nintendo, but... I mean, they've only had the studios for not even three years yet. So, I mean, how how long do you have before well, they've had they've had Undead Labs, they've had Rare, they've had Playground. Rare's been doing fine. Rare's been doing. Okay. They restart. They restarted Everwild completely. Oh yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like like I said, there's there's. Like Undead Labs, uh, Halo. Let's th that debacle. Yeah. That studio has been around for a long time, and your one true. of your best studios, the Coalition, has yet to put out anything because they've been busy covering for other studios. Yeah, they've been, a, they've been a support studio, and that's not what they should be. They're I literally guess. one of your best studios. I come from a direction of the company I work for is very hands off as well, and yeah. it is that's not okay if you have really strong managers in your studios. Uh. I mean, I guess that depends on how, uh, I guess, your ability to be able to have communication with every step down the line. Yeah. So, yes, you can add more lines of communication and you could have people to be able to manage those different things. I guess, you know, in our case, that's yeah. why we have regional managers and, and things yeah. like that. So we have those steps. But at the end of the day, the, the studios have to be able to do the work themselves. Oh, I agree. Yeah, but so you've got to be able to you have to identify that quicker, and that's where stronger management is needed. Whether it's internally in the studio 
or it, like, it, and this is more what the way I look at it. And, and this is not the fault of necessarily like a, this, oh man, they totally blew it. It's more the fact of like, we ran out and purchased Bethesda and, and spent a lot of time integrating them in and figuring certain stuff out. And because of that, we didn't have hands in whatever Undead Labs are doing or whatever Everwild was or all these other things. And we kind of left them going. We left Obsidian going. Obsidian had great management in their studio, so they were able to just kind of work through whatever the heck they needed to and produce stuff like Grounded and Pentiment. And they're working on Outer Wilds 2 already, and they're working on Avowed, which I'm sure is going to be incredible. But the other studios, we went with that one-size-fits-all of, oh, they can handle it when they haven't been able to handle it you've got to be yeah. able to install something like one of the people at playstation and i i say this because he works more with external now but shuhei yoshida he he would go around and visit to see how they're doing see like you you need more of that you you are far bigger than a lot than than you were several studios bigger than playstation at this point so you need much more hands-on there some teams just need more hands-on you don't got to send somebody sure. every week to obsidian but man you may need to send it to undead like it, it, it's it's just more the thing of it it feels like that you're going too much with a one size fits all and, and they've got sure. to start they've got to start changing how they're doing things to make sure they're all of their teams get in line or else they won't have content i think the point i'm making is i don't think that Oh, this is what Sony does, and it's works from working for them. So this is what Microsoft should do. This is what Nintendo does, and it's working for them. So this is what Microsoft should do. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how Microsoft as a whole works, but if Microsoft takes the same approach with their, uh, you know, the, the three six five division, if they do the same approach with whatever divisions that they have, and this is the same approach that they're going to do with Xbox, then. <coughs> I think what they they could be, I'm just saying, they could be doing a thing where it's like, no, you guys need to get your stuff together. We're not going to come baby you guys. We got our own stuff to do and, you know, all this other stuff. We're not going to hire more people because you guys can't get your ish together. Get your ish together and we're going to keep doing what we're doing. And if this is the approach Microsoft may want to take, I don't know if they actually are, but if this is the approach they want to take then maybe these are the growing pains of acquiring all these studios and implementing this hands-off approach maybe these studios aren't maybe these people aren't used to maybe they are used to people pounding their you know people coming in pounding their hands on the desk and say hey we got to do this or you know emails every week and like hey where are we at where are we at are we hitting the milestones are we hit? i don't yeah. know um i just don't think hands-off is necessarily bad just all together because oh yeah well i agree Sony that it's Nintendo not bad. are are having success do you think that maybe it's kind of the growing pain of you're just got the acquisition of you know a big workforce do you think it's maybe microsoft because you know we've been managed david not every employee gets motivated or performs with the same support some people oh, you need oh to be i completely more, agree you, know, you need to be more hands-on and, you know, and that's a lot of what sure. i'm saying is uh, the obsidian then, obviously yeah. can internally manage themselves yeah. to you, hit their stuff undead 
that they're obviously not. Do you think they're trying to figure that out? Do you think that's maybe why things are so? I think they're trying to figure it out, but I feel like it, I feel like they're spread thin right now. That's really how I feel. I feel like they're really spread thin on who's taking care of what. And they're especially spread thin right now because they're so focused on this Activision, which once again, you should be focused on that, but it would be so much easier to make sure that other things are happening if you have other go between, and I'm not saying they don't have them. I'm just, I get the feeling there are not enough of them. Yeah. And that, and that's a fun thing. It's just the, the results make it seem like that because state of decay two, undead labs. uh, Yeah. State of decay two got came out in 2018. So I'm assuming that state of decay three was in at least the beginning stages around that time. 2018 2019 and we're all the way we're we're just finished 2022 so yeah, I like mean, i said it's just it, you, up, we should have some more people bringing up you know that microsoft is hands-off maybe they're just stating that as fact and it's just like yeah this is there's a lot of chaos in the studio and microsoft is hands-off and it's like all right well why isn't the studio being able to work itself out right like this, yeah, it, it it is you know if David your your store is uh, you know with GameStop is is in disarray and corporate hasn't said anything to you well that doesn't excuse the fact that your store is still in disarray. Oh so, yeah, they've got to like, fit. We've just, we're supposed to fix it. Yeah, but but if it doesn't, you've got to be willing to you've got to go in there and start changing some things. So then I would ask, how much time do you have? And this that, and this is where I'm wondering. I'm like, okay, like your your criticisms are valid. I do think there is a, uh, I do think there could be more, like structure. I think there could be more, but how long do we give them? How long? Well, once we get them acquired, how how long? How long does it take to get them? I don't know. Well, and that's why I bring up studios like Undead and Everwild and Rare with Everwild and stuff because they've been around. So at some point, you've got to figure out why are we not getting more? Like what, why these are the studios that have been Everwild. Yeah. Oh, and they could have. It's just more the thing of, you know, if we're constantly running into this issue across our studios, because it's across the studios, we've got to start figuring out why this keeps happening. Because otherwise, we're never solving our content flow because somebody like Bethesda, I mean, yeah, you're going to make your money off of Bethesda, but you're also not going to get the games from Bethesda as quickly as you're going to as you should get them from teams like Undead. Like they shouldn't be all taking the exact same amount of time, which AAA development is, is just getting longer and longer. But that's part of the reason in my mind that you have some of these other teams is they're the gap fillers. And if they yeah. can't fill the gaps, then you're ha- you're at a serious problem in a service. When, you're, when your whole model is based around a service, you have to have content. And, and at some point, it's like, I can't keep just paying millions to companies to get their game on Game Pass. I need my team that I paid millions to that I'm paying a bunch in payroll on... <laughs> Because these guys are still getting paid and costing me money, they have to start putting stuff on Game Pass. I can't just keep going out and having to spend money on the latest and greatest because I already oh, yeah. thought I spent that. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I do agree. Yeah, I think there's that. It's trying to find that sweet spot of like, you know, 
letting your developers come up and create with the game that they envisioned, even if they have to, you know, yeah. start from scratch or like revamp. There's different, you know, between letting them have that freedom to like, hey, you know, take your time. Like, it's fine. Like, do what you're envisioning. But there comes a point when you're like, hey, we need something. <laughs> yep. Well, like Neil, guys, Neil Druckmann restarted Uncharted 4. People forget that. Uh, he so, yeah. he had to restart the entire project. So yeah, it it, it just does. I agree. It looks sus when multiple <laughs> studios yeah. are having the issue. <laughs> yeah. I just come from the perspective. Maybe Microsoft is allowing them to have and make these mistakes. Not not with undead and the harassment stuff. That stuff needs to be taken yeah, care that, of. But yeah, in in terms of pure development. Microsoft is just like, yes, go ahead and make some mistakes. We want the stuff when it hits. We want yeah. it to be good because when it hits and if it's good, it's going to do even better. No, no. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, and this is about- like with Un- with Uncharted 4, it started, and this is just kind of an example. Uh, they had issues in 2014. Um, obviously, they started soon after Uncharted 3, which was around 2011. They had issues in 2014. Uh, Neil Druckmann came in, replaced the manager there, they got the game out by 2016. So it's just, it, that's, once again, that that's more probably what I'm looking at is you need to start figuring some of that stuff out because otherwise you're going to be in this constant cycle of they can't get it done. All right. David Burdett with the greatest pitch to Microsoft management <laughs> to hire him. <laughs> <laughs> I, this was the, this was I, the um, biggest like, segue into him. Like, hey. <laughs> So I am your guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you guys want to see from Nintendo? Noah? Uh, I'm a simple man. Mario 2 announcement. Mario Odyssey 2. I think we got the movie coming out this year. I I think that's one of like the best Mario games uh, that has came out. I, I adore that game. So I, I want a second one. Like I don't I don't need to have like gameplay, you know, just give me a little hat with the two on it. That's all I need. Um but yeah, I want to see that and a very niche thing from me. Um, I want something fresh or new with Amiibos. I would like to see mm. something different with them. Uh, we know that the interactive figure uh, place in this industry came and went <laughs> with, you know, <laughs> Skylanders and all that stuff. So I, I want Amiibos to have a bigger function than a collector's item i know that's you know they're like no shut up about the amiibos but like i think it'd be cool you know it's something i'd like to see those are good ones yeah all right uh i'll go next so i was trying very hard to think of original things but man i just want nintendo to have better online (laughs) <laughs> somehow how did i know I was like, but i fully agree <laughs> yeah i thought of that but i was like one of you you know you two are gonna bring that up and so i'm like yeah. i want to do something that because nobody's gonna bring up a me but yeah so yeah online no, uh, i agree the better. amiibos need some more functionality 100 <laughs> percent. that was a good one i yeah i just i spend so much time playing online games and then i get to nintendo and it's like oh come on man like jeez. So I want them to have better. I don't even care about like the, the chat, uh, whatever. Like, I, fine, I can deal without the chat. I would prefer if it had chat, but fine, I could. I, 
I can do Discord. Great. Can, can I just have better online service where I'm not playing a game where everybody's teleporting everywhere and all that because you just have just bad network connections, bad servers, whatever you guys use over there and Nintendo. I just wish you would have something so much more better that Two would be shrink. Uh, you know what it yes. feels like sometimes yep. it does feel like two cans and a string <laughs> sending the stuff it needs to send all the upload and downloads so that and with uh better online just you know, time i can't avoid it i tried to think of something else but it's just time for another <laughs> console i know i just bought an oled but it's time it's it's time we see it with pokemon scarlet and violet it can't even handle it the game freak couldn't even accomplish what they wanted to accomplish you can blame COVID all you want nope this one's on the switch it's just not it's not powerful enough to be able to handle the idea of pokemon roaming everywhere while having an open world and <laughs> live rpg kind of stuff it's just not good enough um yes xenoblade chronicles 3 exists there's still not as much cpu resources going into the idea of i mean if you look at the, even the frame rates of the characters like as they're walking around i'm like oh my god like everybody's walking at 12 frames per second when you're walking next to them it's <laughs> ridiculous i can understand in the distance but when you're right next to them and it only goes up three frames i no. so i am Curious to know how great Breath of the Wild or sorry, Tears of the Kingdom is going to be uh, in in comparison with Breath of the Wild. But yeah, it's just it's just time for new hardware. And here's my pitch for a new piece of hardware. It's a it's a switch. It's a new switch. Okay, Uh, but more powerful when it's docked. Okay, we can go 1080p all the way up to 1080p 60. Okay, 1080p 60 while it's docked. I know. Asking a lot, but here's the thing: everybody always talks about, yeah, but if it's more powerful, what's going to happen in handheld mode? Here's what you do: you don't. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. When you pull it out, it's just the regular 720p 30. Like if we could do the whole performance stuff and quality stuff on the PlayStation and the Xbox, then Nintendo and the engineers could probably figure out a way. When you're in docked mode, you're in quality mode. When you're undocked. You're in performance mode. Boom. Does that sound like a great console? All right. Really switch. Then you, then they could just sell new docks as opposed to a whole new system. There you go. (laughs) I mean, they already just sell the docks, but well, a a better dock that would would do all that stuff possibly. Yeah. Maybe even have some components in the dock to help. So, David, you made your pitch to Microsoft. I just made my pitch to Nintendo. There, we, we should be hired uh, probably within the next month. So, there you go. <laughs> David, so, what do you want to see from Nintendo? Nintendo, please, I need you to bring Virtual Console back. I uh-huh. need you to bring Virtual Console back. I, I get the whole subscription service thing. Yeah. I do. I do, but there's no reason not to sell this stuff separately. There's, there's literally no, people want to just give, give you money. People will subscribe to your service and and buy these games at the same time. <laughs> like they True. will do it. Like that, that there people. I, I, I've seen too much working in GameStop with Nintendo. Nintendo people don't care. Nintendo, you've sold them cardboard. You can you can literally sell them anything and they will buy it if it's a Nintendo fan. This is kind of my pitch to Nintendo on this. 
how about it comes to the subscription service three months early and then it's available for sale then you get to do the double dip on it like playstation's kind of doing that right now it's it's not the the mm -hmm. extra early access but playstation's doing it where you can play it on playstation plus premium but you can also buy the the classic games as well once they're available on the service I'll so up the ante there's, on there's a you way on to that do one. it. You do it what PlayStation do, and you also combine a little Game Pass on it. So you can <laughs> purchase it or, or play it online three months early before it's available on the virtual console. And once those three months is up, it's off online, and you could purchase it. Boom. Yep. Like there you that, go. The, little FOMO just, in there. To me, it's just it's a good way to do it. You get to <laughs> you get to have your cake and eat it too, Nintendo. Um, my my second one is figure out Metroid Prime Four already, please. We've heard nothing. Talk, talk about studios with Prime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've heard nothing since the logo reveal. Um, uh, I thought it was really funny that everybody was bringing up. Oh, it's the original studio taking over. It's like you do realize. I think people. there's there are like four people there maybe, and that's including the lead director guy on it. It's like. Almost matter? no one. Uh, it, it does, but it's still the point of if you're thinking that that change. Oh man, it's the no. Most of the crew are not there. <laughs> so, but in general, we see how well Metroid. Like Nintendo knows how well Metroid sells. Dread sold incredibly. Metroid is is a part of that pillar now of characters. Like if it wasn't. If it hadn't uh, it, still been a, it it, the, the pillar was at least cracking a little bit. <laughs> Dread reinforced it being that big pillar of of Nintendo's library. But so keep in mind, Metroid this, has always been. It's just 2D Metroid had been bouncing after yeah. Metroid Prime came out because Metroid Prime was so yeah. good. But we we really hadn't seen a lot of a, a lot of Metroid since Prime yeah. Three on on the Wii. Like we, it's been a while since yeah. Metroid has been a pillar. So after Dread, it's like Metroid needs to be more for Nintendo. And since they've already announced Prime Four, it needs a push. Like we we need to see. Like you you can't just let it be. This has to be your priority. How, however, you've got to get there to get bring in a whole no, another studio to support it or something like it, it's got to be a priority to get that thing rolling. Uh, and, and Nintendo's obviously notorious for quality control of we ain't we ain't putting something out till it's ready. Well, well, do everything you can to get it out quicker by bringing on more people like, like, it, like hire, David hire people like, David yeah, Burdett. hire, hire people. <laughs> Strong managers. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a work. To, I'm a work two roles. <laughs> Be at Xbox on the weekends and Nintendo in the weekday. Uh, that, no, but that's but, exactly but the problem you're saying. I, Microsoft I'm not, has. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not. Yeah. Um. I'm not talking. I, I'm talking about like bring on full support studios on on Metroid Prime Four. Uh. Like not. I'm not saying that it's a management issue. I think this one's an actual. They need support studios. Why doesn't Microsoft just need support studios? Why don't you just... Because obviously they've not been able to even handle that. <laughs> Perfect Dark actually has a support studio now. Yeah, and we <laughs> still haven't seen any more Perfect Dark, so... Time, man. It takes time. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, man, that was a spirited New Year's discussion. Woo, it's good yeah. to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So that'll do it for us today. Uh, thanks for listening. You can uh, follow us every week. Hey, I got the watch list coming out. All right, it's coming out. Oh, well, yeah. by the time by the time uh, you you hear this, uh, the watch list will be out. So you'll check that out. Figure out what's coming out that week uh, for what it, what. It, uh, lost the dates already january 8th through the 14th all right so that is happening david what you working on um i am actually you working on something that you played with me uh i'm doing some early access impressions on marauders which is a ah. very interesting game uh very like it's 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 one of those games i just i just want to go back and figure out like i think that's like the draw of the whole yeah. extraction shooter thing of it's like i'm mad at this why'd i die i'm gonna do this again yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that, like, like really that's that's kind of how this feels and i think it's that's the biggest draw of this game of man i want to figure this out <laughs> yeah no are you working on anything i'm chomping at the bit for some like spicy news like that's what i'm waiting on and then right. you know just hoping you know i get a one piece uh see review code so i can tell them how much i love one piece they'll never hear, <laughs> they'll never let me near their stuff again well <laughs> so. hopefully odyssey does turn out to be good if you end up getting oh, a code right. for it i hope so all right that will do for us appreciate you watching appreciate you look we will talk to you later deuces peace bye